Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This week in league, Robert Louis, Greg Bird's his way out of Ryan Tandytown. The Asada investigation stalls as they look for bouncers to uphold a minimum dress code for their hearings. Benji Marshall to sign a long-term deal ensuring that the glory of Ash Tigers in decline will live on for another four years. And we'll preview all of the action for round eight of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 118 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So this week, uh, there's not a lot of bits and pieces going around, uh, email conversations and stuff like that with people, although we're getting sent the email a lot that people will probably recognise the one with the 15 rumour points about a certain club that has a lot of rumours around at the moment and specifically around, you know, three or four players in that group, Um, one of whom... Of course, he's uh, not a charter member, but a, you know a rank, reasonably high-ranking official in the Epic Bender crew. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that we don't need that email again. Let You're me tell the you, worst secret keeper ever. <laughs> well, what now? No, the club and the one best person. hint giver because he's <laughs> fucking give it away. Well, you know you got to give people you got to give shit people a Santa. Chance. You are a shit Santa. I'm a fantastic Santa, but the thing is, the thing is though. Well, you're not. It, you haven't given me a Christmas present for two years. Remember. <laughs> an invitation to the next season of this week. Like, <laughs> Christmas motherfucker. Um, now, back to what we were saying. <laughs> Remember the first time we spoke about those rumours and uh, we sort of used, you know, player A, player B, player C? Yes. How many fucking DMs did we get? I mean, I know I got a lot personally as well as my personal Twitter account. Oh, can you give us a clue? Give us a... Mate, got to be honest, at least two out of those three players were so fucking obvious we pretty much spelled it out. <laughs> So, guys, you know... I love all our listeners, but fuck, some of them are dumb. Just like fucking best of luck. trotters. <laughs> so, anyway, um, just quickly this week, it uh, doesn't really relate to rugby league specifically, but a uh, bit of trouble there with old uh, Fuck Off Tom. Yes. He's, um, he's, he's made a what powerful What a surprise. People, people are just starting to realise that the Waterhouse family are full of fucking crooks. Yeah, and um, we'll see what comes Dressed out. Dressed in I mean, fine cotton, if you will. And I'm not a massive, you know, racing industry person. I don't really know a lot about it, but um, apparently uh, more joyous. Grew up five minutes from a fucking racetrack. How dare you? Yeah, and I've never, I've never been to the races there except for once to a, a birthday party at a marquee. You're a disgraceful Crazy human being. Um, although I go to the markets there every Sunday, so I'm making up for lost time. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's horse shit in the ground and stuff like that you got to avoid. Yeah, it's unless just like you're it. betting on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm betting on fruit and vegetable. Um, so anyway, what was it? More, more joyous is a, a John Singleton horse trained by Gay Water uh, Gay Waterhouse until just the weekend. Um, apparently, there was something wrong with the horse. It wasn't going to perform very well. wasn't going to win. Um, Singo had no idea about this, and word got through to him. And it's always tied in, you know, like word, you know. 
Tom Waterhouse told Joey Johns and Joey Johns told some other guy who then, you know, dropped it to Singo and um, and so now he's like, that's it, she's not training my horses anymore. Uh, obviously, she's giving inside info to, to fucking Tom and uh, go fuck off, Tom. It's a massive conflict of interest to have, you know, essentially one of the first families of, of Australian racing, like them or not, the Waterhouse family, um, having possibly the highest profile trainer with the exception of Bart Cummings um, in the country, having her son be possibly one of the highest profile, loving or hate him, most people hate him. It's hate, pretty much. It's hate. It's universal hate. Universal, yeah. I'm pretty sure even his parents hate him. Um, but uh, he's, he's one of the highest profile bookmakers in the game. Yeah. That's that's a massive conflict of interest. You can't tell me that, that you know, I've seen interviews with Tom Waterhouse when he was actually starting um, starting up as a bookmaker um, in his own right. And I started to take a bit of an interest. Obviously, I've been around racing my entire life. I was going to the races with my grandfather, who was a penciler, for a bookmaker back in the day when pencilers still existed. Um, when I was six, seven years of age, which is horrible parenting on my parents' part and um, pretty awesome grandparenting. That's, how, that, that's, how, a lot of, that's how a lot of mobsters started, you know, <laughs> like running num- numbers for, you know, for for legal you know, games and stuff. Very true. Um, but yeah, I um, obviously took an interest in, in what he was doing and he's obviously got to a point off the back of his family name where he's now infiltrating our rugby league podcast, which is clearly, oh, sorry, well, not only our podcast, but our rugby league coverage. Um, on Channel 9, and he's paid a hell of a lot of money to do that. And when you hear stories like this about the goings-on, you just wonder what else he's yeah. involved in, you know, what other seedy conversations he has to maybe, you know, yeah. get the inside like, running. What's, what's the, the real pump? fire? This is the one that's just come out. Mm. So what about the other ones that, you know, and, and this one sounds like it came out through a comedy of errors and just luck, really. And Andrew Johns was involved, so you no doubt somebody... Other stupid people, other than Andrew Johns, were involved also. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, people though delighted the rugby league world. Delighted Peter Fitzsimons delighted, and he's been running. A, he's been running a campaign. I mean, I never agree with that guy because he's you know. You know he's been, possibly been, one of the greatest public speakers I've ever come across, but he's also a, a staunch rugby union guy. Yeah. And, and he's a great. He's a great author as well. Like he's a great writer. He doesn't mind laying the slippers into um, to rugby league at every opportunity. But I, I do support his stance on on Tom Waterhouse. Yeah, well, he's currently going through you know defamation. Uh, Tom sued him, and uh, so you know he's he's quite frankly he's an ally for us, <laughs> and uh, you know welcome aboard. And um, well, Tom's not suing us. Well, no, no, but I mean you know it's coming, it's coming one of these days. <laughs> um, and you know and, and Singo, mate, you got you got a lot of money. I'm saying. Sponsors the show. We're obviously keenly aligned as our interests. <laughs> you know, we've been pushing this fuck off Tom thing before you, son. Singo, get on you board, like mate. to get drunk and say inappropriate shit. Exactly. You're not alone, brother. And and our resident Tourette's guy, um, at B15542 on Twitter, said, uh, I couldn't be more joyous if Tom Waterhouse falls flat on his sorry ass. Get off my TV, you unwanted cock spasm. Hash fuck off Tom. That's lovely. And that's the last word on that. <laughs> Okay, the quick fire stuff. <laughs> hey, what do you know? The clock 
All complaints have dried up. The clock has defeated all of its enemies, you could say. So in honour of that, the uh, honorary shut up you whinging cunts timepiece. Start the clock. First thing, quick one. First time I've heard this story uh, was this morning when I read Warrington apparently chasing Matty Bowen. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, ex-Australian players there. You think there might be some quota issues, but um, I believe Brett Hodgson looking to retire. Jesus, 35 years of age. Maybe he's coming back to the Tigers. Matty Matty Bowen is uh, 31, so that's four good years at least. <laughs> and um, apparently, the Cowboys have also been holding back on pulling the trigger on a contract extension due to injury concerns. For Matt Bowen? Yeah. Well, I guess he just he did dismiss that game the other week. And, yeah, and he has, uh, and he he has, has had his last track issues. of times, yeah. Um, I wouldn't begrudge the guy. It's, all due respect to Matty Bowen, not the greatest public speaker in the world. Um, not exactly at home in front of a, rugby, in, in front of a uh, camera mm-hmm. outside of p- performing on the rugby league, Paddy. Probably he's, doesn't have a huge career in the media after footy, is what I'm saying. I hear that he's a fiend for DMing chicks on Twitter, though. Is that right? Yeah. Mad for it. I would never have picked that. Yeah. Although the speculation is his wife trying to trap bitches, too. Ah, uh, okay. So, interesting things that happened on the underbelly of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it from more than one person, though. <laughs> That's revelatory. Yeah. Um, probably wouldn't begrudge him going for a, a nice paycheck, uh, you know, few years superannuation to to finish his career out in England. Um, depending on you know what the Cowboys can offer, but he's probably he's probably only got a good season or two left in the NRL at this level. Yeah, so uh, give him that. Yeah, go over have four good seasons in uh, in England. Yeah, can carve him up. He'd make a lot of money. The only thing. Oh, is, they wouldn't know what to do with Matt Barnes. Pers- Personality wise. We like Benji Marshall going over there. Not quite as good, but Benji... They wouldn't know what to do with him, so they'd just have him sit down and peel the oranges. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, Benji probably wouldn't win the Man of Steel award. Well, no. Because everyone knows he's carved out of granite. Man of tinsel. (laughs) (laughs) The Man of Alfoil. (laughs) But, um... But yeah, interesting about Matty Bowen, he'd carve him up. The only question mark I'd have is, you know, personality-wise, because he's like a sort of quiet kind of guy, I wonder if he'd be, you know, and he's been in North Queensland, obviously, for a very long time, I, I wonder if he'd be the top sort of guy that would get homesick and bail out halfway through or, you know, something like that. Might be yeah. a bit of a culture shock for him. That could be a pitfall. Um, also, no one understand what the fuck he was saying really, um, but, you know, and vice versa. So we've sent, we've sent some communication issues. <laughs> He'd have to DM a lot of people yeah, via yeah. Twitter to get his point across. Exactly. Just saying. But he, you know, he started, he's probably built, started building his friend friends network already. He's probably you know a couple of ladies over there. He already knows. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, uh, Jarrell Yaoyi has made a low key return, uh, playing for North's Reggies. I think um, he's, he stayed well away from the, the 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 action. He was in number ten jersey, playing in the second row. Yeah, strange for a winger, but. Mate, he's looking like a Dave Taylor. He's not really, is he? No, he's but he's very, he's very, 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 very off the pace. As you expect, off the pace, yeah. From a man that's barely had to, pretty much had to learn to fucking walk again. Yeah, played. He played fifteen minutes. Uh, got a knock. Thought his knee, his sorry, his ankle was injured again. Uh, went off. They had a look at it. They said, nah, it's fine." So then, in the second half, he came for another fifteen minutes, and he was he looked he was slow. He was like he was bad. So I think, with that in mind. If he comes back for the Broncos this year, I mean, even if he's injury-free from this point on, I reckon there's no chance he's playing for the Broncos this year. 
I just don't think he, I don't know how quickly he can get up to it again, up to uh, NRL level. I reckon he can do it. I reckon at I that level, can, but muscle just, memory, yeah. all the rest of it. I reckon towards the back end of the season, he. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, depending on how the Broncos are going, would they want to disrupt the side? I mean, I mean he's much loved. He had a great deal of support out there watching his comeback and, and I was, you know, really enjoyed watching the story on the news about um, how, you know, he'd taken his first tentative steps towards his comeback. But, you know, would the Broncos want to, you know, if they're having a successful run, you know, at that stage of the season, would they really want to disrupt well, that let's, to, to try and fit him in? So. Well, let's, you know... Let's let's just not make assumptions that they are going to be having that stage of the season. No, I'm saying if they are, um, you know, I'd, as much as anyone, I'd love to see him back in the NRL. It'd be a, a great story. He's been through a lot, in, and he's and he's still got a lot to overcome yet to get back to that level. But um, I certainly don't want to back against him. Okay, now we're going to talk about the Cronulla thing in more depth. But Wade Graham, particularly, has been singled out as the first person to be interviewed. But the the media's all been about his attire. Yes. And now you spoke to me, we were talking about this before that we started recording the show, mm. and you are against his attire. If I was in that position, I would have rocked up in the best suit that I could muster up if I lived in Cronulla, um, and shoes. You would have rocked up with a chapstick and knee pads. Why? <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, you're saying it was disrespectful. I mean, that's the complaint. I, I just, the, the complaint is that it, that it was disrespectful, and you know, I get make where they come up. There probably is yeah. a lack of respect between the Cronulla Sutherland Football Club, in in particular, the players, um, and the Asada investigation and the people carrying that out. But um, these types of people can be very vindictive and can go digging and digging and digging um, where there's no place to be digging, um, in the hope that they might turn something up, and in you know, in the process of that, they do create a lot of heartache and they, they create a lot of hassle for the people that they're uh, digging, trying to find information on. And if they deem that you've rocked up to their hearing dressed in a way where you just don't give a toss, then why would you give them ammunition? I think you should probably, you know, out of respect, the fact that you're representing your club as well, um, it's no different to an official club function where they would they would rock up in suits after games, um, at post-match functions, etc. They they're dressed in suits. They got their gear on. Um, it should be no different. And um, I think he probably should have been a little bit smarter about it. Even if he didn't agree with, you know, showing them any sort of respect, I think it was probably a smarter move um, to try and you know keep the waters as smooth as possible. And I think they uh, they played that wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a, a fuck at all. If you're going to go get grilled, be grilled in comfort. <laughs> really? I mean, I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about what he wore is in terms of disrespect and disrespect. I'm just, you know, it's more in terms of poor fashion and and looking like a douchebag. But he snapped back and his son, he's hanging down, down under his chin and yeah. thongs with jeans. Come on, man. It's like the Bulldogs fronting up about the, uh, about the Coffs Harbour thing. And, and that's, ago. and a lot of people did bring that up as well. And, I just think that there's a place to um, to show that you're a professional and um, and, and it, that was one of those places and uh, they missed the mark. Okay, so on to the uh, longer stories. And, uh, of course, the tragic story, the first one, 
And uh, devastated North Queensland Cowboys players are receiving counselling following the shock death of 20-year-old club mate Alex Elisala. So he played for the, the Mackay Cutters on Saturday night, scored a try, had one of his best games of the season by all reports. And 12 hours later, he was in an induced coma at Mackay Base Hospital. His condition deteriorated quickly before his family made the decision to turn off life support. Uh, his death is not believed to be suspicious, and judging from the way they have, you know, Lifeline and Beyond Blue links at the bottom of all the articles, it's uh, a fair assumption, I think, to make that he took his life in some way. Um, the second 20-year-old NRL-contracted player, who was also a Logan Jr., to pass away in the past seven weeks. And of course, uh, the West Tigers uh, youngster, also. Logan Terrible Jr. story. Definitely. Um... I don't really know what to say other than it's just fucking tragic. Um, a young guy with a promising future in rugby league and um, and so much you would think to to live for and and you just makes you wonder what's what goes on behind the scenes and um, you know in the in in the dark times of these guys' lives that they they don't feel that they have anyone they can turn to um, you know for help or advice or support and uh, you know. It's 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 hard to you know say that the club or the NRL or anyone could have really done more to to you know save his life, but I tell you you know it's just it's terrible when you see anyone take their own life, let alone a 20 year old kid, um, and it just makes you wonder in those you know weeks or days or months leading up to that time where he made that final decision to take his own life, uh, what the what the fuck he must have been going through and and how bad. It, it must have been for him to think that that was his only option. It's 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 tragic, and um, obviously, you know, love and respect to his his family and friends and anyone that knew him and and obviously held him dear, and and that will obviously be devastated. So, terrible story. Um, much like um, the other young guy um, from the West T- Tigers recently. Um, again, you just wonder. What the hell they were going through, and uh, and it just shows you can never you can never tell because I mean like with Masessi, I mean he just you know torn a he torn a peck or whatever and was looking mm. at a lengthy stint, you know, perhaps a season-ending stint on the sidelines, and so you can understand that on face value that was like a bad thing to happen if he was already in a bad place. Sure, but then when you look at this example, it doesn't match at all. I mean like you know he played. He played uh, under twenties in the, um, for Queensland under twenties Origin. He's just come off a a, a really um, you know positive experience with the you know, the Samoa and Tonga yeah. Test match. He just come off a great game that he played, you know that sort of thing. So it's just you know you just can't tell. No, I mean you know depression if if that's what it is, and, and you know we're not trying to speculate or, or sully his memory by any stretch. But you know if if it is does turn out that um, you know it's a result of of depression and he has taken his own life then you know it doesn't discriminate and um you know you saw nathan peets coming out from the rabbitos and and was quite vocal in the fact that he he said that you know rugby league players are no different and um you know he himself has, has found himself in dark times and and was embarrassed and didn't know who to turn to or who to yep. talk to to try and get him out of that and you know thankfully he obviously found a way to um to deal with it but you know, it's obviously quite common i saw a statistic on twitter that one in eight people you know or one in eight men suffer from depression but as far as rugby league players go it's one in three okay um 
and you just you just wonder you know with all the glitz and the glamour and the adulation that that a lot of these guys get there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't really see or understand that that they they're going through it's it's a tough gig all right moving on to the next story and um still relating to the cowboys unfortunately for them cowboys nrl player robert louis says a twitter account in his name was set up by his cousin who used it to tweet about betting odds during a cowboys game last saturday night the nrl asked the cowboys for information regarding louis twitter account during north queensland's win over the canberra raiders on saturday the account was used to write don't go for two i need 13 plus that tweet was in re- was a reference to winning margin odds, and I think he had like hash multi problems or something like multi that. Crisis. Multi crisis. Multi afterwards. Yeah, that's right. And um, so the Cowboys said after investigating the circumstances surrounding the tweet, the club had discovered that the account in Louis's name had been set up by a cousin who lived in Brisbane. That's point one. The cousin confirmed the Cowboys officials he set up the account. And uh, had inadvertently, sorry, and also, point two, inadvertently tweeted on the player's account during the match instead of his own account, which he was also using on Saturday night. A check of his cousin's account found that he did tweet about betting on a 13-plus margin in the Cowboys versus Raiders match. Uh, Robert is adamant he did not tweet on Saturday night and does not bet on football. The Cowboys have now deleted Louis' Twitter account and cautioned his cousin regarding the incident. What a load of fucking shit. And what a joke of an organisation, the North Queensland Cowboys, NRL Rugby League, football club is A, for employing that fucking scum of a human in the first place after beating his wife twice in successive years and uh, was subsequently sacked by the West Tigers. He probably should have sacked him after the first incident. Mm-hmm. Um, they went very light the first time. Very and much that, so. Yeah. And I didn't agree with it then. I certainly don't support um, the Cowboys having signed him after knowing exactly what he'd done. Why is it the Rugby League and the NRL and the clubs and and, and the fucking players as well, for that matter, can't make an example of this cockhead. Yep. And say, mate, it's not acceptable to beat your missus up once or twice. Yeah. And, and six months not playing football is pretty, you know, it's not really... It's a fairly light <laughs> sentence as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Especially when um, the club's potentially, I mean, I think, I'm assuming the club's paying him, also paying for like, you know, rehab or, you know, whatever, therapy. But all that aside, I mean, this this tweet... It's a load of bullshit. That account, by no means, was set up by his cousin. That is the biggest fucking lame ass excuse. And well, let's, I can't let's, believe that the club has publicly said that that's the excuse, that they're buying that excuse. I think privately they're probably saying, "Come on, son," but publicly but they yeah, look let's, like let's complete look fuckwits. Points. The two points: there's the setting up of it, and then there's a tweeting from it. Now, I find it perfectly acceptable and believable that Robert Louis too fucking stupid to create a Twitter account for himself. I believe I can I can I can buy that that he, and you know maybe he's got a computer literate cousin down in Brisbane. I I can I mean let's look at Louis's history. There's there's you're not going to tell me he's he's smarter you know or you're never going to convince me he hasn't that, he's not, that, he's, that he's not too stupid to do something. Of course he's too stupid. He's too stupid to do a lot of things like keeps fucking answering himself. You know point point A not drink full cartons of breezes. You know B you know not kick pregnant fucking women. I mean like we can go on all night but. The second point about the tweeting thing, it was a private account. I didn't follow it, and probably good for him that I didn't. Or, or should I say, he didn't accept my follow request. <laughs> and you know, probably, but you know, probably a good thing. But you saw traffic on this account. 
And I know there's other guys that I know that have seen it as well. And talking, you know, they'll be, you know, players talking to each other. Hey, bro, how seen, you going? What, you know, how's your injury I've going, seen bro? multiple Tigers players, uh, multiple um, other players from other clubs tweeting yep. to that account saying, how's the injury going, bro? Yep. And, the you know, the conversation goes, yeah, good. Um, you know, just in rehab, um, be down on the weekend, we'll have to catch up. Yep. Thanks. That ain't his fucking cousin. No. You fucking no. idiots. Yeah, exactly. What a fucking bunch of morons. Yep. Make an example of this cock. Don't let him make a living, quite a substantial living, I might add, from the game that he has gone well out of his way to fucking bring into contempt, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> um, to treat with contempt. And what a fucking load of shit. The guy's betting on a football game. Clearly. After all the publicity, only like, you know, two seasons ago with the whole Ryan Tandy shit. I mean, and that was, you know, you, you couldn't escape that either. I've that seen was Maltzen, qu- I've seen Lottie Takiri, um, a bunch of people tweeting to him, not saying, hey, mate, how's your cousin going? I'll say, oh, you yeah. know, how's, <laughs> what's happening with your cousin? You still running your Twitter account? Yeah. Yeah, mate, it's me, uh, John Louie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck off! It's not his cousin, you fuckwits. And like, I can't believe that people think that rugby league fans and, and human beings in general are as stupid as Robert fucking Louis that we would buy such a bullshit excuse. I reckon that I, I don't. I honestly don't believe that they think that anyone could would believe it. I think they've just looked at it and gone, huh? Yeah, that'll, that that'll sort of fly. And look, that'll, I, that'll fly. I mean, you know, no one will believe it, but I mean, you know, it's. I think we can get it. You know, if we do that, I think we can get away with it. I um, I totally understand that major celebrities and athletes will have people running their Twitter. I, yeah. I completely understand that. Um, Robert Louis doesn't fit into either of those categories. Um, I, I don't think anyone's running his Twitter for him. And you know, why, why delete his Twitter account? You know what happens when he gets angry. I mean, I've just, I'd, I'd rather he had his phone in his hands doing something with his thumbs. Keeping them big, you know, keep them occupied, you know. <laughs> At least it'll be preventing making a fucking fist. Exactly. Uh, and uh, what else we got here? Uh, Wade Graham. Now, we spoke, obviously, about the, the whole the whole dress thing. But the, obviously, the reason he was going through there, he was going to be uh, interviewed by Asada. Now, the thing is, though, it's unclear when any of his teammates will be questioned because further interviews with Cronulla players that were slated for today and tomorrow as we record this show... I look to be delayed by a legal dispute. It's uncertain whether the standoff was caused by anything that occurred during Graham's interview, but it's understood lawyers for both parties are in disagreement over the level of cooperation the players are required to provide after being told they do not have to incriminate themselves. It'll be the second delay in players being interviewed by Asada after the first round of interviews were postponed last week for the same reason. So uh, Graham became the first rugby league player to face Asada regarding possible use of banned substances by Cronulla in 2011, but he left three hours later without being given any indication of when he would learn if he would be charged. So um, basically questioned about the use of supplements during 2011 season while sports scientist Stephen Dank was at the club. Um, and uh, what happened next? Basically, he refused to comment afterwards. And I've heard that the, the way it went inside there was just like, you know, we got evidence you know, for this, and he's going, okay, let's see it, and I'm like, okay, standoff, <laughs> so, and he obviously wouldn't, you know, didn't say, you know, didn't say anything, um, he didn't comment to the media as he walked out, but, um, yeah. I'll tell you one thing, Asada is not, 
is is a long way from covering themselves in glory with this whole investigation. It, it actually makes their organisation and the people involved in it look like a bunch of fucking morons, to be quite honest. But um, if they do, in fact, have evidence, then the players want to be real careful, real careful treating mm. them with the contempt they are currently. Um, if the players are confident that there is no evidence because they've done nothing wrong, I probably... Um, I probably think they're taking the right line. Yep. Probably could have shown up a little bit better dressed, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's talk that this thing could go on for a couple of years. I mean, it's it's fucking ludicrous. If you got evidence, put it on the table. It's an easy way to play this out in the media. Get all the names and the faces out there that you want to bring out. Make a whole big dirty mess. Um, you know, you've been spruiking about having evidence, and and play is going to be going down for months now. Um, if you've got it, let it all play out in the media. It's it's doing that anyway. Yep. And all they're dealing with at the moment is speculation. Let them go nuts. Yeah, and they're saying that... If uh, the players want to be cocks about it and you've got evidence on them, fucking hammer them with it. Yeah. As, as the players wait to learn their fate, it's understood the NRL will begin issuing infraction notices as soon as Asada gets enough evidence to charge a player, meaning the Sharks could lose players gradually and before other clubs. If a player is issued with an infraction notice, he could face a two-year suspension. So... I'm just wondering, right? They're in the process of questioning players, but they're saying they've got evidence. Yeah. How much further evidence are they going to have to try and get in the order problem, to push it to the next level? The, they've got the kind of evidence that doesn't stand up, that's my opinion, and what they need is someone to actually confess and corroborate the evidence to dump everyone in the shit. That's what I think is going to happen, and I think it'll be a position where, you know, that if the players sort of stand firm, and no one sort of falls out of line, then if they even if they have done something wrong, there might not be enough evidence to get them. Because you've got to remember, I mean, look at the Lance Armstrong thing. There was never any evidence to get him. It only it was like bits and pieces of like you know anecdotes of people, and then it wasn't until the he thing is- he broke, and then sort of outlawed. You know, then they you know they had enough pieces of evidence together from. Tons of people that turned, you know, that turned their that's back right. on him. That's right. Tons of people that were doing the wrong thing as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they need here. They and need... that's the thing. If they've got proof on X amount of players, yeah. then they're the ones you should be going. This is a bit different. There's no kingpin to no. this story. No, but if they this say... This isn't ten... the Lance Armstrong thing where he's sitting at the top of the totem pole and there's all these bunch of fucking bit players that combined brought him down and brought him tumbling down. There's there's no kingpin to this Cronulla thing. No, the, but they're what, saying... But John they're saying Morris is, yeah. is the fucking big target here. What? Well, no, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, they don't they don't need a kingpin, though. They'll be like, okay, we got evidence that these 10 guys did it, but we don't have the evidence. We, we think we think that these 10 guys did it. You know, we've got like these little bits and pieces that lead us to think it's these 10 guys that did it. But if those 10 guys will go nut, and then the trail stops and they can't accumulate any more evidence, then it's kind of like, oh, we can't charge them. But they're not going to give up anything, to, you know. Mm. So unless they can, you know, keep monitoring them, they keep it. And now, they, you know, of course, they're not going to do anything now. So you know, that's that's the, that's the situation. And I think that, uh, like the Lance Armstrong thing, they're going to need a player to actually try and cooperate to get a deal, and like a plea bargain sort of thing. You can actually spill, you know, dates, names. But again, they're going to have to have some hardcore, firm evidence against at least one person that they yeah. can lean on. That guy. 
to get him to give up evidence on the next guy. And so on down the line it goes. You lean on that guy, he gives up evidence on, you know, one, two, three, four, how many other fucking players. The thing is, though, if they had enough evidence to actually... Um to charge anyone or for the NRL to issue an infraction for, it would have happened already. The problem is with this interview, need for interviews and everything is because they don't, I don't think they've got anyone to that, that point. Mm. Which means they're fucked because, you know, rugby league, if nothing else, it's a fucking sport predicated on, you know, t- you know, teammates and loyalty and, <laughs> and mateship and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's not the sport I think where, you know, it's not an individual sport like, you know, cycling is to an extent where people are trying to well, kill it just each other. Well, it just doesn't build the type of resentment yeah. that, you, that a cycling would. When you've got one guy that's worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and, and has all the glory and all the adulation in the world and along the way he's treated you like a piece of something he stepped in. Yeah. And it probably harbours a little bit of resentment when you know you've been doing exactly the same thing that he's been doing, yeah. uh, but he's got all the all the legs up and and all the the rest of it to to push his career along, and you're sitting there flipping burgers for a living once you hang yeah. the bike up. Yeah. That's the type of guy that is going to give up evidence on yeah. someone that to bring them down. For you sure. know, and for that's sure. exactly what happened. There was a bunch of guys that suckled at the teat basically of the of the Livestrong and the and the Discovery Channel uh, machine um, but at the end of the day when the machine was done with them it chewed them up and yep. spat them out they didn't like it um, then all of a sudden some of their tests started getting returned as positive mm-hmm. um, they didn't get the protection that Lance was getting that's it so they fucking rolled yep. and when you get enough of those sorts of people it starts to build a compelling yeah exactly right and so it was yep okay next story this one came out of the blue. I read it this morning, and I just thought, unfucking believable. Actually, it's one of the most shocking stories I think I've ever seen uh, in rugby league. West Tigers 5'8 Benji Marshall is poised to sign one of the biggest deals in the NRL. Marshall could agree to an upgrade of his contract, which expires at the end of next season, as early as this week, while club officials and the players' management are also advancing negotiations to extend his contract until the end of 2017. The total package is expected to be about $4 million over five years. Tigers officials, including Chief Executive Stephen Humphreys, Chairman Mike Bailey, and Deputy Chair Nick DiGirolamo, are to meet with Marshall's manager, Martin Torber, on Wednesday. It's believed both parties are hoping to finalise the contract upgrade at that meeting, while also pressing a Ahead with discussions over the extension. The upgrade is effectively a result of a handshake agreement between Humphreys and Torber in 2010 to renegotiate his then four-year deal in line with any salary cap increases, with players having agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement earlier this year on the back of the new broadcast rights deal. It's understood that DiGirolamo, the then chairman, approached Torber about honouring the commitment and then ensuring Marshall was a Tigers player for life. Whilst we certainly didn't have a formal commitment, it was certainly a commitment we made and we are honouring, Humphrey said, of the 2010 agreement. These conversations are based on that and are destined, uh, designed to bring him into the right place in the new world. Oh, look, here, here, Stephen Humphreys. At the end of the day, when you've got the best player in the world on your books, uh, he needs to be paid accordingly. Um, Benji Marshall's probably been paid unders uh, for the large part of his career. Um, and now that the... Uh, the wave of, of, of new world cash is coming through as a part of the last broadcast deal. Um, he deserves a big chunk of the pie because, you know, quite rightfully, he's the best player in the Tigers, the best player in the world. Uh, possibly Farah, sorry? best player in the Tigers. He's the heart and soul of the Tigers, but uh, Benji, Benji Marshall is, uh, you know, Benji Marshall's Benji Marshall, needs no introduction. Robbie Farah, defence. Defends his ass off where Benji, you know, barely makes a tackle. Certainly doesn't complete any attempts. Now, 
then you got Robbie plowing up through the middle of the field. Fucking doing it all, laying on tries. Hey, you just, didn't have to sell me on Robbie Farah. Benji. And quite frankly, Robbie Farah just got paid. Yeah, Benji, Let's not forget and, that. And ben, Benji skips across the field, throws a pass out, you know, forgets his Matt Utah, throws it to, you know, to three Matt Utahs, and it goes in the fucking 16th row. I mean, Benji doesn't kick goals. He's not contributing to the side at all, and they're going to throw this kind of money at him? How dare you? That's like fucking JT money for fucking and- Chris Bailey or slash Ben Roberts-esque performances. I've got a good mind to take that iPad and smash it into your face. How dare you sully the name of a future immortal on rugby league? He's not going to be an immortal of shit. He wouldn't even make the Kiwi Hall of Fame. Oh, fucking please. He's the greatest Kiwi footballer ever to fucking lace on a boot. Who's better? Gary Freeman. Fuck off. Gary, you can't even say that with a straight face. Look at you. Benji Marshall's worth every cent to the Tigers. On and off the field, and I uh, I applaud this spectacular management decision um, for the future of the club. Please tweet us. I really want to hear from West Tigers fans because I mean Glenn's like the most deluded fucking one I you know ever. But I mean I've I've noticed in the tweets about the performances of the team and everything. You guys are out there, the ones who are realistic about the side and you know, aren't afraid to call a spade a spade when it comes to you know performance issues and stuff like that. So by all means. If you're a West Tigers fan, let us know what you think about Benji getting four million dollars. Because um, I tell you, I would the way he's been playing the last two years, I struggle. I I just I struggle with it so much, and it's not even my team. Congratulations, Benji. Worth every cent. Next. <laughs> and also, this is you know in the face of the, the the West Tigers may be forced to go cap in hand, begging to the NRL for salary cap exemption so they can actually uh, call up some more players you know, because they're suffering a terrible injury toll. You say players, I say warriors, Nathan, because that's what the club is at the moment. At it's this a, point, they're not... It's down. a club of warriors. And warriors so we've had gone. some fallen warriors. warriors. We've had some fallen warriors that have, have succumbed to the battle. As you'd expect, in a battle such as rugby league and first grade NRL football, you do lose the odd warrior from time to time. And... And sometimes you've got to bring up young warriors, some some before their time, Nathan. The only just warrior to blood them. In the West just Tigers, to blood them in the battle. The only warrior in the West Tigers lineup is Robbie Farah. <laughs> then you've got a bunch of then, then you've got a bunch of people, you know, that, that range on the feline scale from, you know, you know, Panthers to, you know, down to, you know, tabby, you know, just general domesticated cats. Um, and then you've got now, I mean, most of those are injured. So now you're not down to war. You can't pull up any more warriors. There are no the cupboard's empty. There's no more warriors. We shall now, see, my at friend. At this point, you're pretty much pulling fetuses out to to bring them up. Warrior fetuses. That's your right. Tim, exactly. Tim I see Moulton. where you're coming from. Looks like his season-ending injury ruptured ACL. Oh, he's gone. Blake Ashford, ankle syndesmosis. What the fuck is that? I don't know, but it sounds it's 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 happened to a couple of people. It this sounds year. like. A- Sounds like a new. Fucking Maybe it's like it's a fancy name for sprained ankle because I've heard about three or four of these this year. Really? I've never heard of them before. So it sounds like something you'd see on Doctor Who. And uh, if I ever watched Doctor Betty Who, White, I haven't. Hamstring fucking shocked me on that. Six weeks, <laughs> six weeks all around. And I oh, don't forget, don't forget the four million dollar man Benji, turf toe. <laughs> Fuck's that. <laughs> What does that even mean? I've never heard of turf toe. You get turf toe when you earn that much money. <laughs> it's like he was, you're just running around your apartment on your a, wads of cash. He bought and a new trip. mansion and he had to and he had to lay like a thousand meters of turf and the the, the on his own because like, he's quite thrifty. He thought he'd do it on his own. And the fucking and and the forklift has just you know just accidentally rolled a fucking roll of, of turf onto his toe and you know, kept him out for a couple of matches. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, doctor, please tell me what turf toe is. I'm fucking dying. Um, now, Marika Korobitakiri, he's overcome foot injury, so he's looked like he's going to be back this week and not a minute's too soon, really. What a fucking champion. And Jacob Miller dropped like a, a rock, but now he's back because they don't have anyone else. Dropped down to Junior Warrior Brigade and brought <laughs> back up to the battle. His shit was stamped never to, to never to play first grade again. But oh, then, fucking please. Does, he's the halfback of the future, mate. The halfback of the future. Okay. Just needed to build up some right. confidence no, in the I, lower I, I warrior brigade. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Before he's brought up into the main league of Tigers Warriors, as he's done, been but, done this weekend. I mean, he was so bad, they had to drop him and um and put Benji in there. Then they had to put Brayton Astor in there. Then they put Maltzen in there. He hadn't completed <laughs> his warrior training, Nathan. <laughs> he's there by the, the best possible method now, default. Um. So, yeah, now... You watch that motherfucker carve up on the weekend, I can't wait. Yeah, no. Might throw Australia elbow into Michael Ennis' face. I hope he does, but we'll get back to that. We'll get to that later. Now, poor old Uncle Fuss, Manly, will be without prop Richie Faoso and Steve Matai for Monday's clash with St. George Illawarra after both accepted early guilty pleas today. Uh, Faoso was hit with a combined ban of eight matches stemming from separate dangerous throws, in quotes, on Greg Inglis. He'll be unavailable until around 18 clash with North Queensland. Matai was charged with a grade one careless high tackle on George Burgess in Friday night's game and he'll just one game. And as expected, Brett Stewart also accepted early plea for grade one dangerous contact. Protected for an, species for from an the apparent, animal, as usual. For an apparent, apparent, in quotes, elbow on Rabideau Andrew Everingham and is free to face the Dragons. Um, exasperated Manly coach Jeff Tuvey on Tuesday morning explained why he felt hamstrung by the judiciary process, admitting he had not spoken to referee's boss Daniel Anderson about the fallout from Friday's spot for clash at Brookvale Oval. He did speak to former referee Russell Smith, and why would you speak to that fucking imbecile? Uh, who, but he was the referee who reviewed the game, and he got nowhere. So as I said, as I said it's a waste of time. Why bother? So they, the reason they didn't fight Matai's charge was because it was too fraught with danger. As the exactly right, because he should have got fucking 12 weeks, and they thought they would just take one. Now, fucking trolling aside... There's no fucking way that Matai should have been charged. That happens every single game. Did he make contact with the head? No. Did not make contact with the head? No. Maybe you are a fucking Adam's joke. A- Adam's apple at best. Fucking. Throat at best. Please. Throat at best. And then not only well, that... I can understand. Steve Matai, not a very smart guy. Burgess family, heads like footballs. Watermelons. Right? Watermelons. But what? obviously Matai thought they were shaped like footballs. He's tried to... It's bounced up off the football, which he thought was his head. Yeah, which is and hit him in his height. actual head. He's made contact with the head. Given his prior record, I'm surprised he only got one week. I think he, should, he shouldn't have even been cited in the first place. You've and told then, me in the past, intent shouldn't come into it. Intent doesn't come into I'm it. So, it yeah, doesn't factor into it. I just said he didn't make Whether contact with the head. Whether it bounced off the ball or not, he fucking, of course he hit him in the head, you blind fuckwit. It fucking Burgess, and then the whole thing is exacerbated by other shit that happened. Like Burgess then hits the ground like he got fucking shot from a sniper, and then, he go, then you see him on the ground, and he looked up to see what was going on, and he put his head down again. Souths have been coached to be absolute fucking cats, and the same thing with Everingham. Brett what? Stewart, Brett Stewart, fucking probably just went to put a shoulder, but Everingham was a bit further away, so he ended up elbow cow, and then Everingham sort of brushed past his the, the limp arm that was just hanging there, and then he gets three meters past him, and then goes. Oh, like that, and put in this dramatic thing. It was like the fucking last scene of Gallipoli. <laughs> it was fucking um, ridiculous. Why was he elbowing him in the face? It was like he was gonna. He was gonna basically just try and drop a shoulder, and he went past. Fucking he was, he was like thirty, forty centimeters further away than he thought. That just defies all fucking human anatomy. That you can 
go to drop a shoulder and all of a sudden you're elbowing someone no, in the face. No, brace yourself for a shoulder. See? See what happened? That, you, Look you're at throwing that. shoulders the wrong way. That you just weren't going to elbow me in the face, which is exactly what Brett Stewart set out to do and quite frankly is a protected species from the NRL. Has been his whole career. Um, you know, We've seen him get off You know, much more serious charges from the NRL because he's been so protected in the past. Quite frankly, he should be fucking ashamed of himself. Um, and Richie Faono, um, what the fuck? See, he should got, have been sent off and got 12 weeks. Well, see, he should, he Protected been, species again. He should have been, got he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been sent off because not, none of them were nearly as bad as fucking the, the one Inu did. And Inu was the one where they talked about he should have sent him off. But I've got no problem with eight weeks because I mean, you can't fucking do that shit. But also, it does... Don't bring up the argument that I heard you bring up on the weekend, which is absolute crap. And it's not, and I'm not the person that originated this argument. And I've seen right. video footage... Let me guess, that, it was another fucking deluded Manly fan. No, actually, it was a Doggies fan. And this all started... Wow. Yeah, that's right. He's in a fucking pod, and, you and doggy and, and Doggies fans have got absolutely no reason whatsoever to fucking mitigate circumstances for, for anything to do with Manly. Sympathy, because you guys put up with and, T-Rex uh, for so long. And let me tell you, this it's a definite tactic that Greg Inglis is doing. He's not trying to get speared, don't get me wrong, but he's definitely trying to... He braces himself with his arms and he just drops his upper body to the ground while pulling, like, because people have one hold of one leg when they're tackling him. And so he tries to pull one... He's just trying to pull the other leg out. So thereby... He just he tips himself over. He does it to get a quick play of the ball. I mean, it's his style. I mean, it seems to be doing a lot more this year because although he got yeah he got two two lifting tackles the other night and he got the one against Inu, they're not the only ones that have happened in his year. He's come close to it every single game. And I invite everyone to watch what he does because um he's gonna you know he's he's a fucking idiot the way he's the way he's doing it. And I mean he's great for him. He's drawing penalties. So I guess you know that's success. But he's putting himself in fucking danger doing it, and it's a fucking stupid thing to do. Sounds like a load of shit to me. I can't believe he only got eight weeks. I fucking... Uh, Friends first grader at best. I don't know what anyone's fucking blowing up about. It's a fucking leg- legendary player. Fucking destroyed... Destroyed the West Tigers. And you fucking still butthurt about it. But the other thing about his story is... It was funny seeing all like uh, the Manly teammates actually come out saying, fuck yeah, that was awesome tackle, you know. Prove 100%. But fucking the man, Jorge Tofua, jumps up. I mean, like I love the guy already, but he jumped up as well. They asked him about it. And he said, are you allowed to swear? That was fucking awesome, man. I love playing outside that guy. When he pulls it off, I just lose it. I loved it. So, yeah. And I, and every, everyone, football fans did too. And I didn't actually favour it all the tweets. It just shows what, a, to what see an absolute many... horrible human Steve Maddow is. Every time motherfucker gets tackled, he goes to ground like a cat and rolls around going, oh, my neck, oh, my neck, oh, fuck, I can't move. Yet, can fucking smash someone in the face with that very same shoulder that not fucking three minutes was about to fall off and you needed a fucking stretcher. Do we need to As go through this whole thing? As if it's made in fucking titanium. Do we, do, we, do we have to go through this whole fucking you know, career-ending injury every match thing that he suffers? I've heard it plenty of times. It's never once and, um, made sense. But fucking trot it out again, son. And, and did you see the photo? Did you see the photo circulating around too with the bird just putting him in a grapple tackle before? Oh, fucking poor Matt. Who cares? Exactly. These fucking bird just fucking pumpkin heads. Protected fucking species. South, the pride of the league in quotes. The protected cunts of the league. Removed quotes. It's a fact. Surprised Brett Stewart's not playing fullback for him. And uh, Brett Stewart, magnificent player, rightfully takes his place on Monday night. Recaps. Okay, last round of action. We kicked off. Fucking these things are fucking not loaded up. These tabs aren't loaded up. 
might want to edit that out. Yeah, that's right. You with your shit talk. Your unprofessionalism. Recaps, okay, for round seven. And we had a couple of weird game times, obviously, uh, revolving around Anzac Day. What a like great that. day it was, Nathan. Was well, you, you were absolutely drunk as fuck. I was drunk from, as 10 men. From You were drunk as 10 men from, from 10 a.m., probably. Um, <laughs> well, quite that early, but I get your point. It felt like it. It felt like you were just caps, you threw your caps lock on, on your iPhone, which is a fucking feat in itself, yeah. really. And then it would just, just like curse. Pudgy little out. digits were firing off inside, I mean, left, right, and center. It's not like a keyboard on a computer where you can just bang the caps lock thing and that's, that you're set for the day. I mean, the, you know, the iPhone one, every time you switch between numbers and stuff, you know, you've got to keep putting that shit on. So it took a commitment. But, uh, we kicked off, we had uh, the traditional Anzac Day clash between the Sydney Roosters and St. George Illawarra Dragons, and the Roosters ran away with it. 34 points to 10 in the tries. The Roosters had tries to Orbison, Jennings, double to Jennings, Minicello, Kennedy, and Tupo, and Maloney was 5 of 6 from the boot. And St. George, their 10 points came from a try to Nightingale, a try to Cooper, and 1 from 2 from Jamie Soward. The Anzac Day games are becoming a bit of a spectacle for the game. I, I really enjoyed this game. It was, uh, yeah. you know, the, the sentiment, the the sense of occasion, um, the turnout, great crowd yeah. as well. Um, and also the game, the Roosters um, put on some pretty scintillating attack and the Dragons were, were fairly well outclassed um, for most of the day. But um, in particular, Sonny Bill, of course, um, just continuing on his current form. Uh, was outstanding. Couple of great offloads. Um, come off the field a little bit early. Surprised he didn't take his shirt off on the sideline. But um, well, surprised, disappointed. Yeah, more whatever. disappointed. Um, Put it away. Zip the back up again. <laughs> Michael Jennings. Mayo back in the fridge. Um, scored two fucking awesome tries. Yep. One uh, was about a sixty meter run where he, he put on a perfect in and away against Nightingale and. Poor old Nightingale couldn't lay a finger on him. Um, I just wonder how Penrith fans feel watching that. You know, up until yeah. January. But the thing is, they're, they're still like, oh, no, we had to get rid of him. Yeah, really? He's terrible. He's cancer in our side. Tell you what, best fucking form of cancer ever. Fucking oath. But he scores those tries. But then again, he hasn't been doing that for Pen- Penrith either in the latter stages. And maybe it's because he doesn't, you know, he didn't have the forwards making the space and, you know, getting the roll-ins and things like that. He didn't have the There was also a bit of quality throw to Jenko too at Penrith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a Make bit it hard for a guy playing left centre. Yeah. Just chuck him the ball with, with fuck all groundwork done and, and expect him to And opposition sides can basically just stack the side yeah. and just and just give up a two-man overlap over the other side all the time um, so they knew it wouldn't happen. Time will way. tell, you know, just how... Smarter decision that was on Penrith's part. They obviously had their reasons, and there was probably a lot going on behind the scenes over and above the the stuff that we were aware of publicly that he'd done wrong. And I'm not saying he's a saint by any stretch of the imagination, but when you have that much talent in your side, um, and you know we're not talking about a fucking wife beater here, mm-hmm. uh, or a two time wife beater that fucking bets on football games, mm-hmm. um, you know maybe there is a, a case to to make to to say that maybe they could have done a little bit more but only Penrith insiders and their fans will know but um, watching him play like that fucking hell Penrith could do all the play like that at the moment yeah. um, I think the Dragons probably realised there was no chance of reeling in the Roosters once the score got away from them their, their efforts dropped down a little bit and that only amplified the score um, in the Roosters favour but when the Roosters put it all together we've already 
discuss their attack on a few sorry their defence on a few occasions this season. Their, their defence is really is one of the best in the comp at the moment. But when their attack clicks like it did in this game, yep. fuck me, they're an impressive side. Yep, they haven't played anyone really yet, so I mean, it'd be good to see them tested against some of those sides. Sure. Well, in testing round one when they got done, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. You know, when they you know, start to run into you know your uh, your storms and manlies and yeah, like I agree. That. I think. You know, the longer it goes before they start getting a good run uh, of games against those top sides, the the better that instead they're going to be in when they do reach that point of the season. Uh, I think you know the more games they can get their attack into gear and and um, you know get their defensive structures um, tighter. I think um, you know they'll, they'll, there's some really high quality, entertaining games coming up for them. Okay, Twitter, Michael Darren seventy nine. Was that coaching extension Steve Price signed written in pencil? That was a really peculiar thing that happened. It was it was announced during the game, like around half time. Strange. That Steve, eh? that Steve Price had signed a, an extension to his contract, and um, it's pretty much as soon as that that came out, that's when it was beginning the end for the Dragons, and um, then then they start you know they started getting away from him a bit. Mm. Um, G Porter, twenty ten, Gus is all over the Roosters' nuts like a dog cleaning its bowl. Hash, wipe your chin. And, you know, it's, yeah, you expect your commentators to be a little bit, um, I guess, more even-handed. But, you know, Gus has got obviously had an association with the Roosters, probably has a soft spot for them. Um, and, you know, it's not like Fatty. Fatty's the same when it comes to origin with Queensland. You know, it's, it's something that's yeah. kind of allowed by Channel 9 a little bit. Um, what we got here? Uh, Mup23. I'm going to keep this one favourited because I think, I think it's hilarious. He's a comedy genius. The Roosters are doing everything right to earn a spot in the grand final against the Titans. I mean, that's like Rain Man level of genius right there. Fucking hell. Michael Darren, 79. It's a 100% guarantee that SBW will say one percenters in a post-match interview. <laughs> and it's true too. I'd love to see like a compilation of those. Aussie11198. Steve Price is to coaching what Scott Minto is to the game of rugby league and yet still get an extension. Hash, I'm off to slip my wrists. That's for a dra- from a Dragons fan. Yeah, but I mean... So well, I, I didn't quite understand that tweet. I thought that... um. So he's saying that Steve Price is like the best coach of all time. Is that what he's saying? Because future immortal Scott Minto, I can't believe he hasn't been inducted already. Have you ever been to Minto? No. Well, Minto, let me tell you, is a town, uh, little town, suburb of Campbelltown. Um, it's it's not the greatest place in the world. Let's just say that. And um, That's quite, quite frankly, Scott Minto, you'd be. You'd be forgiven for thinking that's where it was. It was named after Scott Minto. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got here? M51 Avoider in a tweet of wishful thinking. Roosters played too good. Pity we'll take it out on Manly next week. Hash Tigers in decline. Did you see the point in the game where Trent Merrin thought he was Benji Marshall, less the turf toe? Oh, don't, don't Did a bit of a fucking skip and a jig. Like fuck off, Fatso. Just run the ball up and shut up. Yeah, we can say that about a Saturday night game too that I've got it, that I can think of. Fucking forwards thinking they're fucking halfbacks and <laughs> playmakers costing their team victory. Fucking motherfuckers. Anyway, let's move on to the next game. It was, it was another Anzac themed game on the Thursday. 
Melbourne Storm 28 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 18 down at Amy Park. And the uh, points for Melbourne, their 28 came from a double to Chambers. Fanua got one, Sisawaka got one, and Billy Slater finished up with one as well. Cameron Smith, four at five on the conversions. And the Warriors, their 18 came from tries to Henry, Tupu, and Johnson. And uh, Johnson, two of three on the conversions and a penalty goal for total three goals for the match. This was another great Anzac Day crowd, um, record crowd for the Storm at Amy Park. Mm-hmm. Um, impressive turnout, considering they got fucking 90 odd thousand across the road for the AFL game. Anzac Day is a nice traditional day to go and watch the football. It's, it's, and isn't it telling that people will go and watch football when it's on a nice fucking afternoon mm. sort of time slot, you know, family friendly time slot? Yeah. When, they, when you know they're obviously not at work, you know, it, which makes me, makes me think, you know, how much better things like uh, you know, like Sunday football and Saturday afternoon football would go for all teams. Well, exactly right. Um, yeah. put a, put but unfortunately, Channel Nine bought the game. They own yeah. the game. Yeah, put a Friday night game. Put a put a Friday night game on at two or three o'clock on Saturday. Then you can still have your five thirty Saturday game. Yeah. Do the same. You know, Sunday you can do still your two, three. You know, whatever. Remember when? Like, vast majority of the games are on a Sunday. Yeah. I also remember when there was always that game on Saturday Ava on ABC. Yeah. Religiously used to watch it. Didn't matter who was playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were the days, the halcyon days. They were. They were rugby league. Brown leather footballs and Saturday afternoon pies on the hill. At Lidcombe Oval. Warmall taking on Henny Penny. Victor. (laughs) Or back in the days when West didn't have a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Clean skin jersey versus someone. Um, Storm always have their hands full with Sean Johnson. Yeah. Even year, like times where he's, he's seemingly out of form and um, he's you know he's not quite putting it together. When he comes up against Storm, he always manages to give them trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you know talk of Storm in the past, particularly Bellamy, um, that he he struggles to coach against players like that and. He's he's always had, you know, the Tigers up until the last probably year or year and a half have always had a fairly positive record against the Storm. Yep. Um, given the fact that the unpredict, unpredictable attack and it's just structure breakers. Yeah, mm. and and Johnson probably fits that mould as much as anyone, and and he very nearly got the Warriors the upset. Um, it was probably a so-called lesser light compared to the big three in Will Chambers that was was. Pretty much the guy for the Storm scored a couple of classy tries, but um, in the end was one of the big three, Billy Slater, that, that scored the um, the game icing try. Um, but it was probably Chambers' efforts that uh, above anyone else, I think, that that set the win up for the Storm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, before I mean the Slater try iced it, but before Chambers, you know, that was you know it was looking like the Warriors, you know, were a big chance. Yeah, uh, there's an upset. There was an upset brewing for the entire. It felt like for the entire game. And um and Lord knows they've pulled off the old upset certainly in some of the biggest games in the in you know remember the they've got to have the best record down down, yeah, down 2011 yeah. um preliminary final yeah and then qualifying they had the, final yeah and then they had the uh you know the first round of the playoffs the year before as well mm. wasn't it so you know they got a good record yeah that was one versus eight and they knocked yeah, them off yeah one versus eight and they knocked them off yeah and um and they had Michael Witten side then too I believe Jesus. That say. is an impressive effort. Remember he layered it up, he went down for that last try and he sort of went to celebrate and then put it down like real quick when someone came to tackle him. <laughs> that was funny. It was actually it was good times going when, uh, when they did that. Okay, um, now Twitter. Dugs. Bellamy must have the biggest ego if he thinks he can turn Rolls into a first grade footballer. Jason Rolls is still 
guilty of at least one to two ruck penalties a game. Yep. Even playing for Craig Bellamy. Yep. Which is essentially like fucking having a neon sign around your neck that says, please murder me. <laughs> um, and what else we got here? 40 zip. Fuck the storm and their NFL passes. Fuck the refs and their blindness. Manly will make them both look fucked come October 50 nil. 50 nil. <laughs> I, I swear. I mean, that's not my Twitter account, but I love it so much. And uh, every, by that stage, everyone was so drunk. There were you know, very few tweets about that game, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so we'll move along. I didn't win on two up either, in case anyone was wondering. At all? Oh, I had a couple of wins, but I invested it all back in the day. Yeah. For zero return. I thought Pindu was saying he came out all right. Had dinner, drinks, everything paid for, and 25 bucks up. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. We jagged, um, jagged, Keen- 85, jagged 85 bucks each on Kino. Yeah. And I still come out behind. It's a good indication of how much I spent on alcohol <laughs> how much, how and how much I lost on two up. <laughs> All right, so let's move along to the match of the round on Friday night. Manly 12 defeated South Sydney 20. <laughs> <laughs> You're a repugnant fucking moron. Uh, Manly's 12 points came from tries to Watmo and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, line 2 from 2. South's points came from tries to Inglis, Sutton and Champion. Reynolds 3 of 3 plus a penalty goal. Ultimately, a very, very crucial penalty goal, I think, too. Yeah, well, the, the Eagles are definitely coming to get them there at the back end. <laughs> and it looked like that that penalty goal might have been the difference, yeah. if not for uh, Brent Kite and his... Yeah. Um, Aspirations to be a fucking halfback. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just when you think you coached it out of him, he just like thought, oh, fuck, I better start practicing. I'm, I'm going to be expected to be the playmaker next year for Penrith. So <laughs> I better get some practicing. Mate, Brent Kite and Jamie Sowd, new halves combination yeah, take, for Penrith take Panthers. That, take that 2014. shit. 2014. Take that shit to Penrith right fucking now, dude. That shit's not welcome. <laughs> I mean, you're much better when you just run it up and, you know, get up, play the ball. Stop this, this fucking five Reverse into the defence and fucking of, fall over meekly like you've been doing your whole career. Rush, um, fuck, rush of blood to the head. This is a game that I think that showed the Rabbitohs have turned the corner mentally. Um, they they came close um, against the Storm. Didn't quite get the job done, but um, in this game, I, I think they probably proved to themselves as, as well as anyone else that uh, they can, A, compete with these top sides and, and also ultimately beat them. Um, I think there's a, a fucking chasm between the very, very good sides in the NRL at the moment and, and the rest. Um, yeah, you know, I agree. Sides like Manly, um, I'd have to throw the bunnies in the mix as well. Melbourne, um, just yeah, there's a fucking long way between their best and the best of some of these other teams. Yeah. Um, you know, the only other team I put into the mix would be the Tigers at their best, but um, you know, between those four <laughs> sides and the rest of the NRL, there's this. There's a lot of work to do for the teams that are going to make up the rest of the eight. Um, it was a tough physical encounter. It was a good insight as to what the final series is going to be like. You looked at the type of st- style of footy that Melbourne are playing um, and will continue to play, you know, as long as Bellamy's coaching them, I guess. Um, and then you put these two teams together, they just bashed each other. Um, it was very impressive. And I think Inglis was probably the difference... Um, Scored a, a phenomenal try. Um, shut up, Brett Stewart, as the imposter he, he, I've always known him to be. But also, someone told me I, I haven't actually I haven't verified this for myself, and um, wasn't a Manly fan saying there was actually obstruction on that play too. Like oh, that, of course there was. 
So I mean, if anyone's anyone's actually seen it, I haven't watched the replay. So yeah, there's there's an obstruction. Repeating what I'm told. There's an obstruction in every manly play. Oh, sorry, every opposition play in every manly game. Since, no, no, uh, there was the no obstruction in the champion try. I'm talking about the obstruction that covers one eye of every manly fan. That's the only obstruction. Why not? I mean, you know, you'd wish you'd have passionate fans for your for your club. Are you saying I'm not a passionate fan, Nathan? You're a passionate fan, no doubt about it. But the West Tigers could do with fucking twenty thousand more of you. I think we've got 20,000 of them. I reckon there's about six. How fucking and dare I probably, you, sir. And I, and I know two of them. Who's the other one? You and fucking Benji. Oh, yeah. He gets he gets a bit ragey. Yeah, he gets... Yeah, <laughs> I fucking... I'm not, I'm not trolling anything. I'm just saying, I mean, you two guys, they're fucking daylight for fucking... For Tiger supporters, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think the Rabbitohs are a very good side. Um, Eagles weren't far off... Certainly weren't far off the pace, and I think they... Um, they were probably at the wrong end of, of some of the refereeing decisions that proved to be crucial uh, in the end, uh, mainly because of foul play that they, they've been guilty of since all right, that they, since their inception. Tom si- Tommy Simon's try was a fucking try all day, every day. I'm just letting you have your say. I'm not going to... No, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, you, that, that time, I'm listening, mate. I'm giving, you don't I'm, have to tell I'm, me. I'm, you I'm don't have to you, sell it to me. I'm giving you a position. I'll give you time to, to, to agree or disagree with that. Um, that Tom Simons try was dead set a fucking try. There was there was no obstruction to fucking Asatasi. He was standing there, and as Simons ran past in front of him, sure. when there was no obstruction. He just sort of went huh, and threw like an arm out. He was too slow, and, and by the time and, and by the time that there was a player between him and Simons. To be fair, to even two thousand and four, Roy Asatasi, <laughs> when he was the best form of Roy Asatasi there has ever been. He wouldn't get there. You could, you could, Even that guy wasn't getting you there. You could literally put him in a hospital bed, fucking put, hook up a, an IV to him, suck all his blood out, replace it with everything out of the same bolt, and he still wouldn't have had a chance. <laughs> and, fucking, and the thing is, when there was like the obstruction, in quotes, you know, when, when Matt Ballon was between him and Simons, Simons was so fast and so far... He was past him already by the time that, that point had even been reached. Absolute ridiculous fucking decision. And it was actually... That try was less obstruction than the Sutton try that was given. So does my fucking head in when stuff like that happens and especially when you see the turnaround afterwards when South scored on the very next set as well yeah. it went from a you know it should have been 14-6 and it goes to 20, 20 zip and he's like it fucking infuriates me like South, South were a better side on the night no doubt about it but I just wish it had have been like you know they had have won 14-6 or something by being the better side than having this infuriating fucking shit that happens and you think you fucking stupid cunt referees fucking it up for everybody and Referees as a whole in this match, not even stuff that went against Manly, they were just fucking hopeless. Like I think there was—I don't have the figure in front of me. Hang on, let me look. I just want to make sure I'm correct. I think it was 23 penalties, 23 fucking penalties for the night. They're blowing the pee out of the whistle, and so the game. I mean, every, if you look at Twitter, people will be like, "Yeah, you know that game's the, the, you know it's probably the best game of the year so far." And like I, I don't know if I Definitely agree, but there. it was a pretty good. It was a tough game. It was a good like finals-ish game, you know, especially for such an early point in the season. But it was whatever whatever this game was. It was despite the fucking referees and you know what they did in there because it just seemed like it was blowing on you know just and stupid shit too. There was a one was it the one where um fucking old mate from South had a um a situation where he walked off the he he played on when it was no he played the ball when it was a play on situation then he got penalty penalized like shit like that. I mean fucking just. Take it back five meters and let yeah, it Yeah, that one was Every, a strange one. Do it all the We've time. seen that, yeah, plenty of times already, and then decide to call uh, that a penalty. It was just ridiculous. Those referees are absolute fucking imbeciles, and they're, 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 they're fucking monsters. And they're trying to destroy the game of rugby league, and it just fucking infuriates me. 
you know, we, you know, whichever team comes out, you know, fucking with the the better end of it. Um, now Twitter, G Porter, two thousand and ten. Just like to note, Panther supporter. As much as I hate Matai, that was a fucking good shot. Shabugan, I believe a Canberra supporter. I'm no Manly fan, but fuck, they got screwed there. Also, fuck Sam Burgess and his stupid watermelon face. <laughs> and Sam Burgess, I'd be remiss not to mention what a fucking cat he is. He crayed himself up. He he he, he did he not. Took, he took the he took all the cream of cray and lathered it all over his body, and then and and was twirling his nipples the whole time while he was luxuriating in it. What, Jesus. The, the the chronology goes, Matai with a hard but fair tackle on Burgess Jr. Burgess Jr. goes down face first, looks up to see if he's going to get a penalty, goes, hang on a minute, I could get some, that was Matai that did that, let's see if we can get him, put his head down and just, and then, so then older Burgess runs in, fucking fists of fury, gets a couple off foreign, retreats behind the South players, pushes Matai in the back as well, and then retreats behind the South players, waits till the cavalry arrives, then goes, now I can come and fucking swing my dick because I've got a fucking gang of homies around me. And then so he then swings it and you know promptly gets you know touched up as he as he deserves. And it's funny when you see the side-by-side shot because you think like Matai's like, a, he's a solidly built guy, but when you see him next to each other, <laughs> it's fucking David and Goliath. <laughs> But yeah, you're an absolute cat. Both Burgess brothers are cats. Um, I don't want to tar the other brothers with the same brush, but I'm pretty sure they're cats too because it seems to be bred into them from an early age. And there's absolutely no... by Russell Crowe. <laughs> by Russell Crowe. Well, he certainly yeah, he wasn't he wasn't teaching fucking he, he certainly wasn't showing them gladiator to fucking raise him. He was showing them like the sum of us or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Back to where we were. Uh, bed. B-E-D-E, Dwyer. That obstruction on Manly was soft. Bad luck, T-Red. You deserve that one. T-Red. Mr. Nielsen, 27. Manly good. South better. Refs dominant. Hash refs in decline. Sweet Nigel B. An entertaining game, but messier than Glenn's Polynesian men of league calendar. <laughs> Manly valiant in defeat to the NRL's chosen. Do they even chosen exist? you got to get me one of them. Oh mate, we could just we could probably you know go to Getty Images or something and you know grab 12, 12 images and I could make you up a special one for you if you like. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Cruzy 6 One of the best games of footy I've seen in a long time. Great footy by both teams. Shout at the devil, Casey. Congrats. Oh, do we have to read this fucking idiot stuff out? Of course. She's like the sister that I never had. Yeah, you're except both the sister, fucking cockheads. Except for the sister that I actually do have that lives in Armadale. Uh, congrats to South and the Pink guys. You deserve that win, in quotes. Cunts. Freak09. Quality game with more controversy than a daily telly back page. Also, a great game from the refs, I'm sure Nate will agree. Then he's gone, hash, T-W-I-G-O-T. So it's this week in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> On a blood buzz. That last 20 was like watching 13 Anthony Watmos run around and not the good Watmo. Too much ad lib. Hash, cocaine rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say the end of the, the way the game um, panned out towards the end with Watmo just like going on his machine, you know. Mm. To, it reminded me of that West Tigers game where like where he just went berserk and was like, yeah, me too. Course. I remember that game well. We still won. That was the game where um, that was probably the last time West Tigers beat Manly, and um, it was the game where we with the origins of this show. Were yes, you didn't know at the time, but uh, that's what I was like. I must have know. went hard that night, did I? Yeah, you went pretty hard. And I went, I went very, I went, you know, like, like, you know, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, Lucky, I, obviously, you know, I don't really block people. 
no, you probably should have that night, and I probably should have blocked you. And then the fact that it didn't made me think, hey, this could work. <laughs> and how fucking wrong could a man yeah. be? And I mean, it took like three months to sort of, you know, figure Convince out. Convince me what yeah. a podcast was. Yeah, 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 to figure it out. But yeah, we got there. Uh, yeah, no, maybe. Entertaining footy, not as entertaining as Moanley fans blowing up on Twitter. And that is good times. Did you, I had the, that, that dickhead blow up on me or try to blow up on me uh, on the Seagulls live account where I do like, you know, comedy, you know, and sweary live calls of the games. Comedy this, this in guy, quotes. Oh, it's hilarity plus. But this guy tweeted me and said, don't swear. Like, <laughs> what are you a fucking idiot? And I was like, listen, buddy, I'll tell you, I'll make you a deal. I'll, 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 I'll let you tell me how to tweet when you let me tell you how to fucking tweet, all right? And he's gone... Oh, you know, outrage! Like, this is this is an outrage. I want fucking, uh, you know, who, who can who can I contact in the manly club about this with influence? Yeah, with influence. I was like, well, fucking pick up a phone book, mate. It's got nothing to do with the fucking club, and it's clearly marked as such. And then towards the end, he actually calmed down. But he was he was a he was a crackpot. Mm. He was like all about family law courts stealing his kids and shit. And, People are and, fucking idiots. And we're getting and we're going to be taxed by the government for space exploration and stuff. Fucking love it. And he was he was Andos twenty in space. That guy. Don't give up the crack, mate. Uh, the Chapo eighty two. Steve Matai makes Joffrey look like a good bloke. That's not very nice. Um, Troy underscore seventy nine. Great game of footy. South look like they are the real deal this season. Fuck off Tom. Fuck off Channel Nine. Fuck Manly. Hashtags in decline as well. You just fucking pull out his Uzi and spray. I was going to agree with <laughs> everything you said right up <laughs> until the Tigers in decline bit. So many tweets to this one. I have to skip them. Uh, Aussie one 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 nine eight. Refs must have been drinking cruises with Dugan today. You get more coherent calls from an Indian call center. Uh, ben Skinner. G Burgess is one hundred and twenty kilos of fairy floss. One solid hit by Matai. Looks like a girl and gets hooked by the coach. Hash dirty, mumbling gronks. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's filthy. I'm not going to read that tweet out. I think that'll do. Will. And I'm not going to read that tweet out either. That's pretty far. Yeah. Okay. And I'll like, we'll yeah we'll leave that one there, and we'll move on to the next game, which was of course, the North Queensland Cowboys 30, defeated the Canberra Raiders 12, up there at 1300 smiles, ding, and North Queensland's 30 came from tries to Tate, Hall, Bowen, Morgan, and Graham. Thurston, three from five conversions, two from two penalty goals. Canberra, their tries came to Lee and Whiten. Robinson was one from one, and Croker was one from one, both on conversions there. This is the type of performance we all expected from the Cowboys uh, consistently throughout the season, given the hype that surrounded them before we we even kicked the ball in anger. But um, I think their challenge now is to do, uh, do it against better quality opposition. I think the Raiders... I'm not really sure what to make of them. They seem to have the tools to be a, a pretty dangerous sight. You know, some of their attacking weapons. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Robinson at the back is, is giving him a lot of, of options and, and angles in his runs, etc. That, um, But Dugan even wasn't really providing for them. So he's given him another element. Uh, Campo's back now, but they just they just seemed a long way off the pace in this game, I thought. The problem is, is you you have your teams like you know your Melbournes and your Manleys, where if the stars align the wrong way, they might have an off night, mm. and they can still some you know often grind out a win. But then for Canberra, they've got all the tools, but the stars have to align correctly for them to actually everything to click together, and then they put thirty points on somebody. Sure. 
and that's that's the difference. I mean, it's more, it's far more irregular for teams, and they're not the only team like that. But you know, for teams like that, for everything to come together, it's you know, it's a, like a once in you know, sort of four or five week thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. so there's no Good consistency point. at all. I think JT controlled the game with his selective passing and his kicking, but ultimately for the Cowboys, the defense was the key. Um, if Raiders had multiple sets of six on attacking the Cowboys line and and couldn't get the job done and. You know, credit to the Cowboys' defence, but I think some of the Raiders' options left a little bit desired as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. They got, they got the tools, um, but you know, when it comes down to putting it together and building pressure against the good sides, um, they're a long way off the pace. When you say they've got the tools, you're talking about Dorgerson. Well, here's a massive fucking tool. Well, those are a pair of tools. They're, they, they are. <laughs> oh, see, I just speaking about them was one now. Yeah. Um, they it's are a massive, massive pair of tools, yeah. but um. You know, by the same token, you know, with the forwards that they've got, um, don't really rate their hooking options, but they seem to work for their style of play Yeah. Um, when they're on. And, you know, Robinson, Campo, Josh McCrane, Sam Williams, you know, there's some, some attacking firepower there. They just don't, they just can't put it together often enough. Yep. Okay. Uh, Twitter, Scotty Eel. The first try was too easy for Tate. No one even close enough to touch that motherfucker's chin. And this is this next tweet that captures a bit of a theme that came through our tweets as well. What's going on with Edric Lee's hair? He looks like he's in a 1980s Eddie Murphy movie. People only just starting to pick up on this. Yeah, thing. and someone and someone else tweeted later on. Uh, what they say is uh, like Arsenio Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got that reference. Wow. I'll tell you. Drew underscore Nathan five. So clearly, defense is not a priority in the Cows versus Faders game. Hash capital in decline. Mike well, not for the Raiders. I think that it's a bit yeah. harsh on the Cowboys. They exhibited some fairly impressive defense. Rollins are impressive, really adequate. Mike underscore existence. Raiders have about as many options in attack as a four, as a fat, poor, ugly man of picking up at a supermodel party. Hash, you know all about that. That's hash attack. Jesus. Yeah, uh, Campo thirty seven. If a smashed crab and a drop pie had a child, it would have hands like Joel Edwards. Hash drop-tastic, hash stick to tackling. Can tackle. I'll tell you one thing that's become apparent. It's not just this season of the show, but like it's been happening for a while. Canberra fans will turn like fucking no other on their own side. Yeah. Like, instant, like, they'll win, and the next week if they lose, and if it's a nail-biting extra-time field goal, boom. Sackferner, this guy's fucked. It's all the, <laughs> it's all the you know the drugs and the, and the porn and the free fire and the fireworks down there. And sometimes they get them mixed up. And you, they, think the, you think the weed you know they porn watch porn and instead chill. of you know they start inserting firecrackers up, you know places where there shouldn't be firecrackers <laughs> and smoking pot and things like that and makes yeah. them do crazy shit like support the Raiders. Moving on to the Brisbane Broncos twenty defeat the West Tigers ten. Broncos, their 20 points came from tries to Norman, a double to Gillette, Hodges, and uh, what do we got? One of three conversions to Prince, one of one to Parker, and uh, Corey missed the penalty goal on account of the fact he's probably not used to kicking. West Tigers, their 10 points came from tries to Utah and Spence. Sirenin, one of one from the boot. Moulton, Benji it up, zero from one. What did you make of this game? I mean, it was men versus boys for the first 36 minutes. Yeah, it really was. The Tigers gave up soft tries um, in that, you know, for the large part of the first half, and and um, you know were, were too soft through the middle. 
Um, and the irony is, when they started to get their injuries, they obviously lost Maltz for the season, blew his ACL, we've already discussed, Ashford and, and Lawrence. But, you know, we finished the game with 12 men. We couldn't actually put 13 players on the, yeah. fit players on the field. Um, and the irony was, as I said, that they they showed their most character and their most heart when they were under the pump as far as injuries went, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, well, you, well, you may, maybe it's, maybe it's an indication that that Maltzen and Ashford and uh, and Lawrence are, are super soft, and perhaps the the reason for Tigers in decline. Well, maybe. I mean, we may not actually lose another game all season. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But the fact remains, this was a game that was important to win for the Tigers. They they had a couple of losses. Um, they were playing at Campbelltown, which is normally a good hunting ground for them, as well as the Broncos. Um, but they, you know, the the tries that they gave up, uh, the Norman one, the Gillette one, it's just too soft, mm-hmm. far too soft. Um, I have to say for Moulton, regardless of what people think of him as a player, he's just suffered his second ACL injury on the same knee. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's he's much maligned and, and a lot of it he does deserve because at times, God damn, the, the man is hopeless. fucking hopeless. But, um, you know, that's... You've got to feel for a guy that's now got another 12 months of rehabilitation, etc., to get back to, you know, playing and, and trying to earn a living. Yeah. Um, tough ask. Just on the Broncos, I think they're a mid-tier side. Um, we spoke about it in our first episode of the season, and um, they just really lack a certain star power to get them over the best teams when the pressure is on later in the season. Teams like the Tigers. Um, when the pressure's on um, and, and the finals, you know, the finals are there uh, for the making, or, or it is, you know, in the finals, the Broncos are, you know, probably do finish eighth and, and, and play the Tigers in the first week of the finals. Um, they they just don't have that star power to get them to get them over the hump. I got to give you fucking credit for your your, your commitment to the bit. Like you are committed to it. <laughs> All in, brother. All in. Uh, can I can I talk about Twitter now? Yeah, sure. Okay. You got um, nothing to say in the game, buddy. I would have thought I you would have just absolutely hammered me. I just, I, no, no. I, th- I thought it was very, very courageous from the... I mean, like, the, there's no excuse for what happened in the first 25, 30 yeah, minutes of the sure. game. I mean, that was it's fucking soft, and I thought it'd be 50 nil at that point. But the fact is that the Broncos only iced that game with five minutes to go when Justin yeah. Hodges scored that try. So, you know, it was... Yeah, they, they didn't have... The Tigers didn't seem to have any many options or much hope, but they did have, like... You know, like the you know a certain degree of toughness to hang in there and keep it close after being blown away so badly in the first half hour. I watched the game with a mate who's a Broncos fan, not Brad, um, and he's this guy who shall remain nameless, but his name's Moston. Um, <laughs> guy's possibly one of the biggest fucking mouths, especially <laughs> when he's had a few Bundys under yeah. his belt, as he had. Um, and he was talking it up. Yeah. He was giving it to me. And then at half time we went out. Uh, um, was obviously watching in the on the big TV, and we went out. And Jackson was watching a movie uh, with his mum. And we went out, and he said, "Oh, what's the score?" And I said, "Oh, whatever the fuck it was, fourteen four, half 14-4, four yeah. yeah." And um, the kid laughs in my face. <laughs> Why wasn't he in there and watching it? Oh, we'd already teed up with his mum that he was, yeah. he was in, you know, he'd had a big day, yeah. played soccer, yeah. um, and he had all the kids running around, so he, he yeah. was sort of starting to get the wind up. And um, 
Yeah, and Mostyn was talking it up, giving it to me, and you could just see, you could, you could just feel the tension in the room as his sphincter tightened. As it got closer. As it got closer to the end of the game, he's like, if I joke a try here, I'm going to fucking hear about this. And I was getting a bit more rowdy. Twitter's Twitter's sphincter tightened. It was funny. (laughs) The Broncos fans were laughing it up, but then they're like, oh, fuck, no. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Speaking of Twitter, uh, Ben Dunn, 43, said, uh, Triple M NRL just called Tedesco Tabasco. Thank you. The hot sauce moniker is catching on. You're welcome. Aussie 11198. Seeing the Broncos play on a day that isn't Friday is just fucking weird. It's like watching midget porn with your grandparents. I don't even want to know how he can, feels equipped to make that comparison. Oh, quite frankly, watching midget porn with your grandparents is, is far more fun than watching, watching the Broncos. Broncos on a Saturday night. Yeah. Devonhead. Nothing weird about it. Adam Blair looks like he's on the Frank Pritchard diet. Shave head, grow beard, get fat. Hash tigers in decline. Hash rally tail, hash fat mess. Fucking hell. Aussie one 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 nine eight again. I saw someone tweet that, yeah. that in. I don't know the exact numbers, but it was something like thirty minutes of play, eight runs for twenty three meters or something. Jesus, they have to do backward runs in there. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know if that's true or how that's even possible. Yeah, but right. what the fuck? Six hundred and fifty grand a year. Aussie 11198. Adam Blair lacks any fucking manhood or passion. Somebody call Chael and hook up some TRT and peptides. Hash well, lazy shit. Hash tigers in decline. Chael ain't got shit. Yeah. Did you watch that? No. Fucking smashed. Did you see what happened afterwards? Yes. We'll talk about it afterwards. Flafflin. <laughs> the more players that are injured and removed from the Tigers, the better they play. Hash hint hint potter. What's the man supposed to do? They finished the game with 12 men. Like Sent him out there with six blokes. <laughs> walk out with a baseball bat and start kneecapping just, hey, Okay, Robbie, here's the game plan. You're going to lead Sweet the team the out. You're going to lead the team out. Here's the catch. There's going to be no one else with you. <laughs> it's just you. Mup 23. That's the brony season over. Pretenders of the highest order. They can only beat up on teams that are missing half their team. Says the guy who supports a team that got done 32-12 by the Broncos about two or three weeks ago. <laughs> Gotta love Keefe. Well, what do you say? Dropping like flies. 2010 wasn't bad as it could have been. Well, as bad as it could have been. 12 men left at full-time showed guts. Hash Tigers under 23 next week. Yeah. Tiger underscore Benji. Two tweets he came up with. Tough effort from the Tigers finishing with 12. Shame he didn't start the game with the heart and effort and determination we finished it with. And that's his sensible tweet. And then he comes in with his next one. Oh, and Sam Thiday is a fucking sooky, whiny bitch. Shame we couldn't really give him something to cry about. Yeah. Um, and it's... I actually made the point to my Broncos supporting friend. And Sam, they had the camera and it sort of panned out a little bit. And I said, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is an athlete. Like, what the fuck is going on, <laughs> Sam? <laughs> fucking hell, mate. Crack it for a fucking sit-up, will ya? <laughs> yeah, people give Georgie Rose a bit of shit. But I mean, fucking, come on. Uh, what do we got? Um, okay, this one, this one from Jay Stibb. He sent it to us, and also the Brisbane Broncos. Said, uh, McCulloch, off from the 35th to the 75th minute. Broncos play like lame ponies from the 35th to the 75th minute. Come on, hook. <laughs> uh, the Chapo, 82. Seriously, how many gypsies did the Tigers kill to get this injury toll? Hash Tigers in decline. Hash, Glenn is going down with this ship. Piss off, mate. Um, 
quite frankly, there is a uh, quite a large gypsy population in Campbelltown. They probably could have killed, knocked a few off. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Most of them live in Eds. Uh, like they're not so actually gypsies, they're just houses. <laughs> Dragons underscore Red V. Did you see the typo in this morning's Telegraph? They called Maltzen and Ashford stars. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck <Love> off, mate. <laughs> Love it. And uh, finally, we'll wrap up with uh, CA Photo 10. What time is the West Tigers muster day on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to get a run. Okay, next one. We move to Sunday. Skill Park. The Newcastle Knights, 30, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 6. Tries to the Newcastle were 2. Tahu, Fayolongo, McManus, a double. And Uate Parte wrapping things up. Gidley, 4 of 4 from the boot. And Roberts missed with his only attempt. And uh, Gidley also got a penalty goal. Now, Gold Coast. Try to Kelly. Goal to Caesar. The end. I think the Titans' injuries um, stemming from this game might just spell the end of their promising starts of the year. They've been very competitive um, up until this game and, and, and had some good wins. But, jeez, um, take some of their troops out and it all fell mm-hmm. to pieces. Mm-hmm. There are people that said they were going to be crap this year. Just remember around the end of the season when that turns out to be true. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Bennett talked up his side for a change. He uh, said that the NRL this season is not just a three-horse race with um, Manly, Melbourne and, and the Rabbitohs. Clearly, he also meant to throw the Tigers into the mix. But the Knights are, are a dangerous proposition for, for any side when they get it right. Um, and I think that's, you know, we've said it often this season already that that's the biggest thing that the Knights are lacking at the moment is a little bit of consistency. They're, they're slowly getting there. The more often than not, they are putting some solid performances together, win or lose. But it was only a couple of weeks ago where they had that fucking horrible game against Penrith, I think it was. Yeah. Um, where they were woeful. So still a bit of work to do, but um, games like this will, will certainly um, tighten their attack up. For sure. Now, um, moving to Twitter on this one... Um I love it when other fans of other clubs say shit like you know that that I you know I like to say, but you know the people go, oh yeah, merely fan. Um, first thing, uh, Drew underscore Nathan five said, uh, "Good news for Queensland fans: Albert Kelly was born in Maxville, so he's eligible to play for Queensland under the Greg Inglis rule." Shut up, mate. Scotty Eel. Titans are actually pretty shit when the refs aren't getting them down to attack every set. <laughs> Hash penalties in decline for Titans, and I agree a hundred percent. That's one of the most truthful tweets I've ever read. Um, and that's pretty much every, all the people had there. Uh, so uh, our mate, uh, Barjas Hansen, he was down there. And let me tell you, the uh, away supporters... Well, babe, that would have sold six tickets. Yeah, well... The least, six seats he would have needed to get his fucking ass in. The away supporters, babe, let me tell you, it doesn't look like a, a, as majestic and packed out when the Knights of the away team. <laughs> <laughs> he took a photo and you could see it was half empty. I mean, the rest of the field was, you know, as empty as usual. But wow, I mean, it was pretty patchy down that end too. <laughs> uh, we move. It's been a while since we had a dig on the Titans about their crowds, at least a week. All right, <laughs> Blue Tongue, Sunday afternoon, Canterbury Bankstown twenty four defeated Cronulla eight. The tries a double to Sam Perrett seventeenth minute and seventy third minute. Brown also got a double thirty fifth and sixty first. Mitch uh, Brown, yeah, scored a double. Could have used, could have used him. Fucking earth, yep. he was one of our most consistent players. Yep, but you had so much depth, you didn't need him anymore. <laughs> Hodkinson, four of four. Remember that time when you asked me what was good about him? I said, yeah, you could kick goals and stuff? Yeah. There you go, and he there did it. Uh, Cronulla, well, he scored as many points as Cronulla Sharks did. Their eight points came from tries to Lewis. 
and one conversion to Gordon and one penalty to Gordon. Todd Carney obviously made his comeback in this game and I think he'll be a lot better for the run. I think he was great in this game, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. He, um, You could tell the difference in the side um, compared to recent weeks, you know, when matched up against this game. But um, I've got to say, the, the Sharks have been have been competitive more often than not this season. Um, and, and this season has shown a, a lot of promise in, in, you know, despite this whole Asada thing that's hovering over in them. But this game was a, a bit of an indication that the Sharks might be losing a bit of interest in 2013. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Bulldogs, for all everything they've been through this year and, and they've been in some pretty pretty ordinary form. They've had their battles with injuries as well and, and they managed to, to pull this one out fairly comfortably against the Sharks. Who, yeah, who the scoreboard wasn't a reflection of the game though. I mean, Canterbury had a ton more possession in this game. You know, everything, you know, went, you know, pretty much in their, in their favour. I mean, this was a shit game. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was a pretty bad game for both sides but True. Cronulla's eight points is so unrepresentative of of how the game went for them, because the amount of times that Carney would just put players like you know you'd assume put them away, yeah, and then you get these you know you realise it's Ben Pomeroy, Edward Penis hands, mm. you know Ben Pomeroy, yeah, just good fucking. I mean, like you know we poke fun at Pomeroy, but there was a time it's there last year. Because he's shit. Yeah, he's shit, and I mean I maintain his shit and always has been shit. But remember last year where like he was kind of like a strong running guy, and we were yeah. sort of saying. Wow, you know, like Todd Carney's turning Ben Pomeroy into a guy that looks like he can play. Yeah. This year, no, it's the same. He's 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 the Ben Roberts of Cronulla, really. <laughs> I mean, absolutely hopeless. Um, and from more reports, I mean, we'll check on the team listings later, but I think that there's no change to the Cronulla team for next week, which is a terrible, terrible thing uh, to say. And I know the fans are blowing up. There are another uh, set of fans that don't mind blowing up. Um, well, it's all that success they've had over the years they've been accustomed to. Yeah, yeah exactly. What? Um, the Dogs fans, I mean, they, they, they're aware of what happened in this game, though. For example, the Chapo 82. Happy for the win today, but God damn, the performance was crap. Hash, cripple fight. GT351 underscore Johns. Great to get a win. We will get better, but great effort to win. Here we come, Bulldogs. Players coming back. Watch out, NRL. I don't know that um, yeah. this game really is is one that's going to inject the Dogs with a lot of confidence. No, next week. Um, and certainly if the rumours are true. if the rumours are true, and we, we certainly don't know if they are or if they aren't, but um, I know that you hope that they are. But if they are true, um, it was hardly the type of game where, you, you know, the players are whooping and hollering and, and, yeah, and looking like right. they're, they're having a, you know, they're a band of brothers yeah, and, yeah. and having a great time together. It hardly looked like that. Yeah. And uh, this one, almost a little bit spoilerish. I'm not going. I'm not going to read that one. I'm sorry, Shanta. Shanta eighty six. You know your tweet. You hashed it. Hashed this week in Game of Thrones. There are people that haven't seen series season three yet. So I'm not going to say it. Okay, we go to including the person sitting next to me who hasn't watched season three yeah. yet. So fuck off, Gregson. I don't have to tell you again. Mark Hill. Michael. Actually, I tell that guy every fucking week to fuck off, and yeah, he still he still hits me up. Yeah. Bitch. He's he's. He's just a nice guy. You just you, you just can't change him. What? <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> Mark Hill. Michael Ennis would make an awful ref, wouldn't he? Always moaning, never right, sick of his face, whining at refs. Hash, shut the fuck up. He makes a good vagina, though. Ish. Okay, so we move to the final game. Monday night, foot bitch. And surprising scoreline. And perhaps even, you know, for some, a surprising winner. The Penrith Panthers, 44 defeated the Parramatta Eels 12. The 
Penrith, their points came through a double to Robinson, uh, a double to Simmons, a double to Sigiaro, Dean Farrow got a try, and uh, Brown finished up with one to cap off their scoring. Uh, Moylan, he got one from one of his attempts at goal, and Walsh was five of seven. Move over to Parramatta, we had a one try to Hayne, one try to Tauthai, and two from two conversions from Chris Sandow. This is fucking horrible from Para. Um, even Jared Hayne said it was like playing the Windsor Wolves. Yeah. And they lost 44 to fucking And he 12. said what? He said it's been a hard five years, but this is you know, the lowest point for him uh, as far as, yeah. So. Um, what, what the fuck have they got to say for themselves? There was that many players out in Penrith. I mean... You had Robinson on the wing, yep. which players, I mean, sorry, fans have been calling for for a little while, um, namely Mick Tracy, who thinks he's a fucking genius because he's been calling for Big deal. <laughs> Shut up, mate. <laughs> um, and young Moylan at the back. What a He's built like a fucking pipe cleaner. Yeah, looks like he could play, though. Could be a good player. What a cracking game he had. Got me into the match mm-hmm. and then asked Andy Raymond if he wanted the award back after he'd given his interview. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> Mate, did you want this back? No, it's your thousand bucks, you dickhead. He looks super confident in, in his play, but I mean, geez, he fucked the interview at the end. Yeah, of the he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't, a, you know, he's a long way from a media darling. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that. So um, Freddie Fittler said that he was worse, though, at that age, and that that means that Moylan's a, a, a future commentator in the making. Yeah. <laughs> um, but congrats to young Moylan. He's, he's just unlocked the Lachlan Coot unemployment badge. Mm-hmm. Um. You, based on what Coot is bringing to the side these days, which is three parts of fuck all, you'd have what to take that him? kid, wouldn't you? What yeah. happened to him? Yeah, he's, what happened to him? He's he's a Windsor Wolf. Yeah, remember one way Wolf back. Remember when he was a player? No. Nah. And he played footy, and nah. they're like, oh, he bulked up. He's going to be even better. No. 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 Lost it. No. Lost it. He got little man syndrome after he bulked up. All those roids, peptides, allegedly. Parramatta aren't a Ricky Stewart type side. Paramount Ricky Stewart as, is killing his career <laughs> as as a coach, and I agree with what you just said that Parramatta aren't a first grade side. Yeah, but look, let's look at let's look at Ricky Stewart's career. Great success in the lower grades. Yes, one he won a premiership every year as he moved up. You know, from you know through the through the younger grades, and then uh, when he was at the Dogs and the Roosters, it, walked in walked into a uh, you know, a very, a very cushy and set up organisation in the Roosters mm-hmm. that had fired their coach after taking them to, you know, grand final, which is, you know, kind of crazy. So mm-hmm. he walked into a team that was primed to win, won. Since then, he had a team in progress he had to work with down there at Sharkies. Certainly, and got them to be very competitive. He got them up, he got, he got a good year out of them, won. Yeah. But either side of that year, they were terrible. Agreed. So that was, I just think that was lightning in a bottle. I mean, that's probably less to do with him than it was to, you know, injury circumstances. And, you I'm know, just thinking that the goodwill that he built up in last year's Origin Series, where he probably got New South Wales to the point where, you know, and I'm sure I even said it when we recapped last year's series, that um, New South Wales, you know, you'd have to say if Ricky Stewart was to continue coaching them that this year was going to be their year. They were very, very close yeah. um, last season, and um, and a lot of that was was due to what he tries to bring into a, an organisation or or a team. But Parramatta, for whatever reason, just aren't responding to it. He's like, they're too fucking stupid to, to pick up what he's putting down. I think. I I agree. They've got to be. be. And what's Will Hopewadi doing? I think he's just going to be a full time Mormon. 
I mean, why would you come back to this? Well, I don't know that it's going to be his decision. I, I think it, it's going to be the church making that decision and, you know, whatever they're fucking rumoured to be paying him, which is stupid money. Yeah. Um, 800. Yeah. That's, there's, there's a nice... Well, not quite a million dollars. So, um, I'm just saying that there's a nice cut of that that would be going to the church, allegedly. Oh, yeah. So I don't well, think they'd no, be allowing Allegedly, tithing's not a secret. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't think he's going going anywhere but para. <laughs> Good win from the Panthers. Their fans would have got a lot out of it. Um, and quite frankly, I, you know, as happy as I am for, for the Panthers... I don't mind seeing the pennies go all right every once in a while um, against teams other than Tigers, which they haven't beaten in a fucking long time, I might add. Uh, but part of the during the coverage, um, Mr. Bowles saw him. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that guy's head on to, on my TV in high definition. <laughs> you could just you could literally see the scars where he had his foreskin removed. It was terrible. <laughs> And this this game, I would sort of say, is it's, it was a shit game, but it was like an entertaining game. Mm. You know what I mean? It's kind of strange. Um, now, where are we? Let's find out the tweets for this one. Cruzy06, I'm hoping Norman's watching this game so he can see what delights he'll be working with. <laughs> NRL team imposters. Um, one point I did want to make is that Ben Roberts had an opportunity. Where he broke into the clear, and he had an opportunity to really stamp an exclamation point um, on a big fuck you to everyone who's absolutely lambasted him these last few seasons. Um, And threw the ball over the fucking sideline untouched. Much to the disgust of Jared Hayne. Jared was in. It was magnificent. (laughs) Uh, What have we got here? We've got um, R-Popsh. R-P-O-P-S-H. Slash cock. Glenn must love the eels. They're going to stop the Tigers getting the spoon. Tigers in decline. Like I said, cock. Maddie McCabe. Boom. He didn't put the hashtag on. I think he ran out of characters. Geez, the Panthers fans are diehards turning up in numbers on a Monday night. Well, I guess they aren't working tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't boom. Boom, Maddie McCabe, McCabe. Yeah, we'll put it on for we'll you. We'll do it on for you. The Chapo 82. Is it too early to nominate Gronk of the Year? If not, I'd like to nominate Ben Roberts. Hash shouldn't play first grade again. Hash Roberts ruins. And, uh, uh, what is that? That ruins thing. Oh, the whole Gidley ruins thing sort of started. Yeah, what, yeah was, where is that from? I don't, I don't know who started it, where it actually first came from. Oh, I thought it was Listeners, you. No, 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 it wasn't me. I mean, yeah, I, I just I credit started, every single thing on the internet I don't understand. I credit to you. No, I mean, I started the Awesome Tigers in Decline. That's going to be on my fucking gravestone, crowning achievement, probably. Yeah, excellent. In <laughs> two <laughs> weeks' time when I fucking stab you to death. Provoke the choke, that was pretty sweet, too. Um, Baby BNC. On the rare occasions Manly lose, I feel like the world is ending. How does anyone survive as an Eels fan? <laughs> Hash Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, Mr. Bowles, the aforementioned Mr. Bowles. Going into tonight, I thought the difference would be Ben Roberts. Turns out the difference was 1-17. to 17. Uh, he's, a, he's a fucking big lover of giving it to Parramatta. Shunter86. Great entertainment tonight. Nice of the Panthers to let Ben Roberts break the line so we could laugh at him when he fucked up. Uh, I saw um, Shunter yeah. tweeting today about his wife bringing, uh, buying a winter onesie. Yeah. Which is effectively a sex straight jacket. There's there's not a lot going on for a him. chastity suit. Yes. <laughs> so uh, kudos to you. You'll be watching a lot of footy over winter, champ. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's clue enough to figure out how to get get her out of one of those. We're going to send you. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. Definitely not smart enough. We'll send you some this week in league socks to tide you through the winner. <laughs> and he also came up with another tweet. Said Hayne thinks whinging to the refs makes him a real captain. He's entered Gidley territory for me. Hash Jared Hayne is a fucking sook. <laughs> and uh, what else we got? That here? should be another song. It should should. Um, and what do we got here? Dashing Dan one. The Parramatta defensive line showed about as much resistance as Luke Walsh's hairline. Yeah, he needs to give up on that. Yeah, Shave just, your head, son. Yeah. He's, he's kicking and screaming. I mean, I appreciate, you know, I understand. Oh, yeah, I can appreciate that he's, you know, he's committed to the cause, but it's a losing one, son. He's going to be combing it forward from the middle of his back shortly. He's going to be like, um, like fucking uh, Norman Gunston like, <laughs> <laughs> before too long. Previews for round eight. Okay, we kick off with Friday Night Football. The Brisbane Broncos taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Broncos at home. Riding a bit of a wave at the moment. I think it's going to be um, fairly well fucking snuffed out by the Rabbitohs. I think the Bunnies... (laughs) were far too good last week, and, and that performance will probably steal them onto bigger and better things. And um, I don't think the Broncos will be able to score enough points to get over the Rabbitohs, nor do I think their defence is good enough to um, to deal with uh, Reynolds, um, who will build pressure with his kicking game, and then Inglis will do what he does off the back of that possession that uh, and, and pressure that, that they'll be able to build. And I, I think it'll be it'll just overwhelm the Broncos, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean Broncos based their performance last week, and not being able to put it put away a side that was you know playing with twelve reserve, men. We were playing with twelve men at the end, and you know without you know fresh interchanges for you know pretty much the entire game. Um, Rabbitohs, I think Rabbitohs, I think the Rabbitohs are going to just fucking walk straight through them to be honest, and uh, it could get ugly. Quite possibly, although when you look at the Broncos second half performance against the Storm earlier this year, um, you know they're not without a hope, but. Um, they'd have to put it together. Yeah, but you I, know, I think you... once South, South are good front runners too. Yeah. Um, and if they do get their noses in front, they could put on a score. But when you, you know, when as a team, you know, your big achievement of the season is oh, coming close and nearly winning, you know, <laughs> when that's what you're holding on to, you know, you're not fucking great, quite frankly. Um, you know, they could they could trumpet the fact that the Titans are doing pretty well this year and they flogged them 32-12. Mm. But no, it's always, oh, we came close to the Storm. Yeah, well, you know, close doesn't count, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, this one ain't going to be close. Next, on Friday night as well, we have the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs taking on the West Tigers. Well, I fucking pity the fools. you got Matt Chechen as the referee as well. So this game's just, you know, it's all lined up to be the Vuvuzela of Vuvuzelas. Quite frankly, I think we'll see yet another step in the evolution of the, of the West Tigers Warriors. Um, Jacob Miller partners Curtis Sirenen in the halves. Um, Tedesco at the back, Corey Betty on the wing, uh, Robbie Farah. Bodine Thompson in the centres. Be an unstoppable force. I mean, Josh Morris won't get anywhere near the ball because he'll be too scared to touch it because Bodine will pummel him into next week. Uh, Robbie Farrow leading the way, and Aaron Woods, um, probably a lock for New South Wales prop. Um, Adam Blair doing what he does, and despite that, um, I think the West Tigers will, will win fairly comfortably and um, shake up the world. 
This is going to be uglier than the 26-0 win at Manly out over the West Tigers, quite frankly. You, so you think that the, the Tigers will win by more than 26-0? No, I agree, I think, they, I think they'll lose by more. You know, I think it's very possible you know, that they can get nilled. And I think that, and you know, I hate the dogs and I don't rate the dogs at all this year, but this is the sort of game that can get the dogs back into, you know, not maybe not form, but you know, get them closer to that winning sort of feeling. And I think Robbie Farrell will lay the platform for, for Jacob Miller and uh, Curtis Sirenin to, you know, realize their potential and, um, you know, join the upper echelon of NRL players, um, slash superstars in the game, and uh probably put 30 points on the dogs without too many troubles I'm going to tell you the Tigers will be lucky to score a point and they'll be lucky to get within 13 in fact if you know you can get like you know do your own line and get them out to 19 and a half you know I'd probably take it because it's going to happen for sure next Melbourne Storm take on the Canberra Raiders down there at Melbourne Amy Park again um, speaking of teams like the Bulldogs that don't have a fucking hope in hell yeah, Raiders but you know the Raiders it's games like this where they do, you know, they're surprisingly good and, mm. you know, almost pull out a win or pull out a massive upset win. So, you know... You say games like this, but not not this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are we kidding ourselves? You know, the Storm, even though I don't think the Storm been travelling that great lately, they've still found a way to win. And um, that's the difference. I mean, the Raiders... They have found way, multiple ways to lose. There's a million ways for them to find a way to lose, exactly. Um, and I don't see this being, you know any different um, this game is notable for um, Cat's Hair making his run on debut for the year he's, he's come back onto the run on side uh, as opposed to being an interchange player so he's taken the uh, 5-8th position uh, McCrone's halfback and uh, Sam Williams Sam dropped. Williams Gornski not even in the squad so I think Storm, I think Storm went fairly comfortably yeah um, I, I, certainly if not on the scoreboard in you know in terms of the run of play I think yeah, I think they'll be 13-plus, bare minimum. All right, we move on to Parramatta Eels taking on the North Queensland Cowboys at Parramatta Stadium on Saturday night at 7.30. Um, the Eels, obviously, you know, 40-point loss, you know, 30-point loss on the last week uh, on Monday night. Short turnaround, Cowboys had a good win at home where they do tend to, you know, they do tend to have good wins over substandard teams, though. But Cowboys not a travelling side, but the Eels not a first-grade side. Cowboys 13 plus. Agreed. New Zealand Warriors take on the Gold Coast Titans over there in Auckland. Um, this one, you know, I'd have to say I'm probably tending towards the Warriors. It was a good, Me too. You know, good spirited performance. They hung in there against the Storm and almost jagged themselves a win there. They're at home. On the refereeing and that, you know, they, you know, they, they could have got away with that game. Titans, the, the wind has gone out of those sails. Uh, yes, it's because you know injuries have. You know, People say injuries, but I mean, they've still got yeah. their back line is is still very similar to to what it's been for the majority of the season. They've still got Idris in the centres, Caesar and Kelly in the halves, um, Zilman at fullback, and Kevin Gordon um, on the wing. They're they're all mainstays. Yep. Um, as far as the forwards go, Luke Douglas, Luke Bailey, Greg Bird, Minicello, and Miles. There's not a great deal of difference here. The only person they've lost is Ash Harrison. Um, and outside of Origin, that, that guy's been un- underperforming for about three seasons. So um, I can't really see... You know, they're comparing the Titans' injury problems to the Tigers. Yeah, no, um, the same fucking like, thing. Just get over yourselves. Um, it's, it's not even fucking remotely in the same category. Um, and the Warriors, I think, based on their last week's performance, I think uh, playing at home, they'll grow an extra leg and they should give it to the Titans. Yeah, and they're, they're rocks and diamonds, though, so I wouldn't... Don't, 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Titans went over there and flogged them by 50 or something completely out of, out of the realm. But, uh, yeah, I'm tipping the Warriors. Newcastle Knights take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at Hunter Stadium in Newcastle on Sunday afternoon at 2pm. Uh, this one, well, you know, there's going to be another week of Asada shit under the Sharks. They seem to drop their bundle a little bit. Um, they've selected Ben Pomeroy again. Um, and Cronulla fans, oh boy, are they fucking, are they acting up about it as well. And in fact, you know the funny thing, I saw a lot of tweets saying to sack the coach. He just got sacked a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and everyone wanted like, to save him. Yeah, and they're like, and, and they're going, and they're like, oh, you know, we got to reinstate Flano. Flano's a fucking this and that. Save Flano. Yeah, that's fuck Flano. I saw tweets this afternoon just before we started recording this show, saying like, oh, he can't coach for shit. You know, he hasn't got a fucking clue. Pretty much entirely because of the inclusion of Ben Pomeroy in the side. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, you but, delusional you know, fuckwits. You know, on paper. You'd have to say it's a reasonable match. But, you know, the way it's going at the moment, it's at home for the Knights as well. I think Knights will probably win it pretty comfortably, you know, especially if the Sharks are having the same problems they, that they've been having with uh, scoring points. Yeah, I like, think the Knights at home will be unstoppable. You put Jeff Robson in halfback, and, you know, what do you expect? Come on, son. Come on. Sydney Roosters versus Penrith Panthers on Sunday afternoon, the 3 o'clock game, which means that, you know, hopefully everyone watch the stream at 3 o'clock. Fuck waiting for Channel 9. Um, Roosters rolling along nicely. Penrith had a surprising win. Um, Against pretty ordinary opposition. Very, very ordinary opposition. And let me tell you, the Roosters' defence has actually been a feature of their play. Uh, you know, their, their attack has been, you know, a lot of, you know, Jennings deeds and, you know, Sonny Bill and guys like that have, uh, you know, been the things that have really taken a lot of attention away. But their defence has been quite good. And, uh, you know, the Panthers, on the other hand... Not so much. I think the Roosters are going to carve them up. I think they will. I think Michael Jennings will have a massive game against his former club. Um, and it'll be Roosters 13 plus bare minimum. The Roosters, are, uh, their, their season's been set up quite well by having a lot of you know, easy games at home as well. Like, you know, teams that are yeah. you know, lesser lights of the competition. And so, um, you know, if nothing else, that'll uh, build up some confidence for them. I see that uh, Luke Phillips is a referee. So, I'll probably stream a video. I know... It's got, I don't know if it's messed up here, but it's actually looks like he's on the field. Who? Luke Phillips, former player for the Roosters. Oh, Nothing awesome. sus. Like the time when the doggies got that try against Manly because fucking... Seems legit. <laughs> the, general, the general was a video ref ruling on an <laughs> obstruction play. <laughs> and the general is a man of utmost integrity, Nathan. I don't know what you're implying. He's a bit cockeyed, though. How do you know what he can see? Isn't he? What man can see around corners. Yeah, exactly. So how are you going to get him to judge on footage? Fuck, I'm probably better than him judging you on stuff. Watch from around the corner, he'll see it perfectly. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, he'd be he'd be great to judge on forward passes. <laughs> he can see the physics through. <laughs> All right, St George Illawarra Dragons take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles down at uh, Cogra Monday night foot bitch. It's our first Monday night foot bitch game of the year for Manly, and um, it's our first of about seven or eight. And so we're going to go on a bit of run of Monday nighters uh, over the next couple of months, I think. Won't you be whinging about that? Yeah, not so much. Seagulls. No, no Tom Waterhouse. No Channel 9 coverage. I think the Seagulls are in a, uh, a different class of football side to the Dragons at this stage of the game, and I think they'll be too strong. Payback's going to be so sweet in this game. Um, obviously, some suspensions. Uh, Payback? Yeah. We're paying back just the NRL for the fuckery that we've had to undergo this week. Right. So, and unfortunately, the Dragons are going to be the, you know, the, 
I was just going to say something so fucking inappropriate then. Nothing unfortunate about it. <laughs> I was going to say. No, don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> I really don't want to know. Yeah, I can't, I can't Manly say. Manly by it. a long way. I think um, the Dragons will be exposed as the pretenders we know them to be. Um, you know, they, they may have jagged a confidence-boosting win against the inevitable Premiers not a couple of weeks ago, but um, it's all downhill from there. Their season's peaked far too early for them, and um, and the Eagles will, will put a bit of a beat down on them. And, uh, yeah, so, so much of a test of depth as well. I mean, I, I love the inclusion of Tom Simons in there uh, on uh, Matt High's, uh, Matt High's uh, centre position. I think it's, uh, he, he filled in for a, a half of football earlier in the season uh, in that position and, you know, laid on a try and always scored another. So I think uh, we won't be losing a hell of a lot there. Um, Talented for a ranger, isn't he? He's sensational. He's one of the, one of the Play finest second rangers. row, centre. Yep. Play any position on the field. He's really. like the Bodine, Bodine Thompson of the Manly Seagulls. <laughs> Good on him. Good on the young bloke. No, no, and I, I, I do note that there's a that we've got a very extended bench. George Rose. Well, have to be extended. It's got George Rose on. Uh, but Essie Tonga appears in in twenty. So I think what's happening is I think Bura is under a cloud with a potential knee injury. So Gower comes in for um for for Fayoso, no doubt about it. Peter Hiku, not sure what they're talking about there with him on the 14. I'd say he'll probably drop off because I don't think there's really any place for him um, unless they want to slot him in and, you know, move Simon you know, to the pack or something. Or I look forward around. to sweet Nigel B's Hiku Haiku. Yeah, it's sensational. And I think, I think possibly be the top three most boring fucking things I've ever encountered in my life. Essie Tonga is... The other two are also things that sweet Nigel B does. Essie Tonga, I don't think you should get too excited. I don't think he'll see first grade this year. Uh, I think I think George Rose George Rose might come through, but I think if Bure is out, then uh, Jesse Senny Lafau will take his spot. Between now and then, George Rose could probably fit in a few pies. They might have to extend the bench further. A lot of talk going on about the, uh, George Rose, June 30, Gornski. Probably to your guys. He said he hates the Tigers. He won't play for the Tigers. Yeah, yeah but you... Maybe if the Tigers are the only one willing to pay him money to play football, he'll, he'll, whilst he'll, he's morbidly he'll, obese... He'll Maybe he'll have a crack. Yeah, he'll 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 change his tune real quick. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so sorry, did we say it hit mainly thirteen plus? Of course, I did. Of course we did. That is full time for episode 118. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. So make sure you hit the like button, share our posts, uh, do all that good shit, help us spread the word. Uh, you know, basically keep us up the top of the charts. We're, you know, with, you know without being, you know, to up myself, where we fucking belong, quite frankly. Um, iTunes, speaking of hitting the top of the charts, uh, no reviews this week. So. Jeez, you know, what the a, fuck is wrong with you people? There's a lot. There's there's a good, like there's literally thousands of people that haven't done reviews, and I'm not saying that all of our all of our listeners do so through iTunes, but it's certainly a very very large majority. So uh, get in there, hit up this week in league on the, on uh, the podcast. Just the once, store. instead of get, taking to Twitter or Facebook to slag me off, maybe say something nice. On iTunes review. Yep, just check the what's hot section of uh, of the sports and recreation podcast. We're usually up and around there, so uh, yeah, take a look and uh, you can go from there and uh, do the rating and the review. Um, fantasy this week on the big group competition. Dane Laurie for PM maintains their lead, and they probably extended it slightly. Uh, just going through the rest of the top ten, we've got uh, Tooves Super Dudes, Sherwood Scorpions, Schultz Dentistry, Mighty Bulldogs, El Ducho's Dopers, Ross's Rascals. 
Sea Eagle Assassins, Cerberus, and finally the Greendale Goblins. Um, I'm sitting 15th. Where the hell are you sitting in the group competition? Are you even logged into the group competition? That's a very good question, Nathan. We can't. It's not too late. It'll just take your score that you've got and, and slot you in wherever you fit on the list. So, right. uh, worth worth doing. Um, and you know, I hear you're not doing that great in the Super Coach. No, I, I am struggling. <laughs> People still enjoy anyway. beating you, even though they find it easy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good luck, Tom. <laughs> Tipping. No change. Feels a little void in their miserable lives. Yeah. yeah uh, the real Jedi maintains his lead, although it has been uh, cut by one point. So now he's in, he's on top of the table by three points overall. He had a shit week, actually. Only four tips out of uh, possible eight. So he's on number one. Williams, 277 is second. Voodoo Rock, number three. Boxcar, Jason, four. Lynn, five. That's funny that four of the top five are Manly fans. And you go down further and um, another two or three of the top ten are Manly fans as well. So Lots of time on their hands, those Manly Intelligent fans. Manly fans. So the interesting thing is I think I'm sitting in about 30th, but I'm only like three points out of the top five. So that tells me we've got a very compressed competition at the moment. And uh, I'm not sure where you are, but I'm guaranteed it's on the last page and probably within the bottom ten. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Shop. Okay, we still have stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop because we're trying to clear that stuff out to get some extra stuff in. And if you spend over 50 bucks, we'll get to throw in a stubby cooler for free. And at the moment, the Revelation shirts are going for half price. I think it's like 20 bucks for a shirt. So it's ridiculous. I mean, honestly, homeless people can afford to do so. Um, and just had some tweets through the week from Cruzy06. He said, I get a lot of looks at the shops whilst wearing my This Week in League shirt. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, though. It's a very good thing. It's probably because you're wearing a shirt but no pants. And uh, Year of a Panther sent us a tweet. said, uh, thanks, boys, for the top merch. Mandatory clothing for all sporting events now. And then he's gone shameless selfie and sent us a picture of himself in the This Week in League Revelation shirt. Man, he's in good shape. Hey, he's in good shape. He looks, looks fantastic. You can see he's got some half sleeves going on there, too. The tats, tremendous work. If he was Polynesian, I'd probably root him. <laughs> if he was willing, you'd probably root him. <laughs> he doesn't have to be willing. If he was sleeping nearby. <laughs> if he was sleeping and willing to take, you know, pills that he doesn't know the, the contents of. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. So, yeah, anyway, get on there, buy the shirts, because uh, we are going to get our fingers out at uh, some point really soon and get some new designs and everything. Just waiting on. for you, mate. Just waiting for you, mate. <laughs> what are you waiting for me to do? Uh, set it up. You're the guy. <laughs> you're the guy with the contact, bitch. Well, we got the contact. We got the shirts. We just got to get. We just got to sort the designs out. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's no secret. Tigers and Decline is going to be the one. And uh, yeah, we we'll just have to design it and see how it all goes. So anyway, that's all we got time for for this week. So I guess so. Uh, get out and support those Tigers Warriors. Legends that they are. Or New Zealand Warriors. I mean, because they're real Warriors. The, the New Zealand Warriors are, are, are a disgrace to the term warrior when you see the wounded Tigers bust out some scintillating attack and beat the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs by a massive score. You heard it here first. Let me tell you, if they hadn't taken the liquid paper to Steve Price's contract extension yet, the, the thing will be going through the through a, a fucking wood chipper. <laughs> see you next week.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.